we are back. Episode 106 for well, Snarf Talk. We are live. Live streaming on multiple platforms, as always, because we Weirdly are... on a Monday <laughs> yeah. and at a weirdly early time. Yeah, but that's good for all of our watchers. Yeah. Well, Unless I don't know. you have kids, because I don't know then if... it's a terrible time. Yeah, I don't think we'll get a lot of watchers tonight, <laughs> but that's fine. The videos stay up there, so. Yeah, you can watch them any day of the week. Saves me a step. It does. It's so nice. But we are late. Uh, we are live. Um, that's my fault. I've been out of town. I He's had, been gallivanting around. Yeah, cross-country touring. Skiing. The most important thing to be doing in the midst of a pandemic. So that's what they say. They, 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 they've said specifically on a lot of these news broadcasts, if you're going to do anything to stop the spread of a, a disease, it's travel as much as possible. Well, I <laughs> To be fair, I haven't like traveled anywhere. It was actually a very odd experience because this is like, and not for any particular reason other than the fact that like I don't have to deal with the outside world very regularly in my course of line of work. Right, and your general demeanor is very negative towards other people. You don't want people around you. <laughs> like you just, I don't know about that. Are but an introvert. Anyway, this is like the first time I've actually had to be out in the world and like wearing a mask. Yeah. Because I don't usually leave like my bubble, my sphere. It's so sad. And uh, no, it's not sad at all. It's kind of sad. It's actually great. I know. I don't leave <laughs> anywhere either. I literally go nowhere. So we did have to travel. And, you know, I went to Nolens. Nolens. Um, for a long weekend. So Cajun Connection in Utica? Um, yeah. Is that where you went? Yep. For a whole weekend? Yeah, for a whole weekend. Like they let you stay in that restaurant? No. We went to uh, the city of New Orleans. And uh, I'm going to tell you what. I loved it. Did you really? I was not expecting to like it at all. Because I've heard other people that have gone there. A lot there, of negative, I've and heard. people say that it's like real dirty or mm -hmm. it's a Garbage shithole stuff. or yeah. it's not that nice, whatever. Um, so I had low expectations going in. Sure. Although I knew that I've heard that they have like very good food, so I was excited about that. Mm -hmm. um, and I do like to party. <laughs> you do like, like you <laughs> like to party. Um, so I was a little excited about that. But I'm not like a huge uh, bar person. Like I don't really like to go to the bars. Not anymore. No. So you know, I was like, whatever. Um, but I ended up really, really enjoying it. I thought it was a beautiful city. Uh, really, architecture and everything. I didn't think it was that dirty. I mean, there was a lot of homeless people um, all over. I mean, you get that in Indianapolis too. You get that everywhere, <laughs> and Chicago I think everything, and... all that's a little worse right now. Sure, um, especially in, in the winter in a southern city. I mean, I'm sure it's going to be bad. But oh yeah, and not only that, but there was there was a lot of um, you know there was recently a hurricane, so there's a lot of stuff displaced people. Like half of our hotel mm. was filled with people that had been displaced from the hurricane. Really? So that was interesting, but fine. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's nothing you can do about right. it regardless. Right, but we were right downtown, right in, like right one block off Bourbon Street. Really? Um, right on Canal Street, the whole French Quarter. We were in the French Quarter. And um, yeah, everything was great. It was, it's like, I, I kind of felt like, okay, there were several things that I, that I found interesting about the city. First off, Anywhere you go in the United States, it's kind of like the same. In a way. If you're taking out like natural wonders. Yes. Like the mountains or things. If you go to any city, they're very all they're all very much similar, I feel like. Depending I agree. 
Um, New Orleans is not. It's like the most different place I've ever been inside of the United States. Really? And it's how, how so? Just like architecture. It's very old city, and it's a very French, yeah, and Spanish inspired city because it was a French and a Spanish well, settlement it's, it's before Creole. the United States. Yeah, and it, and that whole Creole thing, and it, and it's like France, not France like the country France, but yes, it's like that French Creole. I mean, yeah. it's like its own thing. It is like That's, their architecture is different. <coughs> Excuse me, the culture is different. I I got COVID. So. Oh, jeez, thanks for <laughs> no, saying I that. I do not. Um, I really don't. That was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I really did not have it. Um, anyway, the architecture is different. The food's different, of course, but um. The culture is just different. Everything looks different. I, I really think it was it was interesting. Also, like, if you like to go to places where you Love can it. just walk around and like drink, yeah, like bomb in and out, like Vegas. Yep, it's like that, but way bigger. Like it's unlimited. It's there's like just blocks and blocks and blocks and blocks really? of just walking down the street. Because and I being feel like, like that that is getting like more and more rare. Um, as we progress, like as we get older, most cities are getting away from that. Not there, but certain places aren't. I mean, and, Bourbon and Street, Vegas is, is one of the only places I feel like you can do that. Maybe is it? Can you do that downtown Nashville at all? Yeah, probably. I don't know about you know? Nashville, but but it is like a strip of bars. Yeah, but like Nashville is a strip of bars. Vegas is a strip of bars. Memphis has its own street. Yeah, you have a strip. Of New bars. Orleans is like a city of that. Really? So. Any street you walk down, and granted, there's Bourbon Street, which is like your your real party and yeah, dive yeah. bars, like, and it's every night, right? It's like all the. I time. mean, there was nobody there when we were. And the whole city was empty. I mean, this whole city wow. is tourism, and they got to be devastated right now. But I'm sure everything closed at eleven o'clock at night, which was actually awesome. Mm-hmm. So you have to go home at eleven o'clock yeah. at night, which is great. Um, you don't want to be <sighs> around f you know at late times it's not safe oh it's not no two people were shot literally in front of our hotel that one of the seems nights like we were there it would at, be an issue at 3 a.m yeah that, that's not good um so yeah you don't want to be gallivanting around after after too late and i'm like one of those people that feels like secure anywhere yeah and i it didn't really bother me you didn't necessarily not feel secure, but you knew during the, the day you knew the boundaries. No issues, but if and even up to like eight, nine, ten o'clock at night, fine. Yeah, but like you don't need to be in certain places at one o'clock in the morning. That's not a smart idea. That's interesting to me. Whereas in Chicago, I wouldn't feel like that. It, downtown anywhere, you know. In like oh River no, North never anywhere. downtown. You'd feel, you feel fine. You'd be in there till four in the morning. You know? Do you think that's because there was such a low? crowd like such a small amount of people probably because with a small amount of people you know that kind of stuff can infiltrate touristy areas but when it's full of people you just don't see it as much it probably still happens yeah you just don't see it because of the crowds yeah probably but i'm not sure um so you were so did you hang out on bourbon street a lot is that like the place to be yeah so we generally go out for breakfast in the morning and like breakfast is a big thing there. Yeah. Had some delicious ones. Yeah. A lot of I sent you some good pictures. A lot of Benedicts yeah. happening. Had like a homemade corned beef Benedict one night one day. A lot corned of bloody marriage. Corned beef hash. So just real quick, if you haven't been keeping up with the podcast and you would like to, our very last episode, episode one oh five, we talk about our favorite breakfast uh foods or dishes, whatever you want to call it. And 
you need to hit that up because you'll learn a lot mm -hmm. about our tastes. And Eggs Benedict is something that we enjoy. So <clears throat> that actually wasn't my favorite because the corned beef hash was literally homemade chopped up corned beef with like chunks of potatoes okay. pan fried. So it's not the dog food edition that I want. That is what I wanted is <laughs> yeah. the dog food edition. Yeah, that's what I want too. Not that it was bad. I just think at that moment, it was too that fresh. early in the morning and that hung over. Yeah. I don't know that I was ready to eat corned beef like that. Right. <laughs> I, I, I get it. Um, so anyway, it was still good. And had some Bloody Marys, which... As I've told you before, I'm not a fan of Bloody Marys. I know. And I haven't eaten, I drank them for years, like 10 years. I probably the last time I drank one. And you're not a tomato fan, like no. tomato juice. Fan. But when in Rome, everybody was getting them. I'm like, I'm going to go for it. And, you know, not bad. I think <laughs> maybe just I haven't had very good ones before in the past. Yeah. These were all pretty good. You've had just like the basic Clamato yeah. edition of. Yeah, the first place we went, we had bacon, bacon oh. bloodies with bacon vodka. I like that. Yeah. So that sounds good. anyway, that place was called, it was called a Ruby Slipper Inn. Um, it was kind of a chain, but like a New Orleans only chain. Ruby Slipper like is in like. Like Dorothy? Yeah. I don't know. That's what I'm thinking. But it wasn't that Kansas? Um, I don't think it was necessarily related to that movie. Mm, I don't know. So the next day we went to this place called Cafe Fleur de Lis. And uh, there I had some fried oyster Benedict on a bed of. Uh, creamed spinach. That looked awful. It was delicious. I can't get over oysters, man. I've had oysters multiple times, multiple now different ways. we ate nonstop oysters this uh, whole trip because it's You're oyster full. season. You're full of parasites. I don't care. Oh, I guarantee you. It's just pinworms, parasites, brain parasites. I guarantee you. You're just full of them. One morning I had uh, chicken and waffles at a place called Daisy Dukes. I've been to Daisy Dukes. That, that's in Memphis, too. Uh, I don't know, but it's yeah. a little diner, and uh, that was good. First, my first real experience with that, other than like fast food edition. Yeah, um, great. I mean, really good. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, it, was it as good as what I was talking about? Um, it was di completely different. And they told me that out the gate. They're like, just so you know, this is not like this is like not standard. Chicken standard. Waffle. It's like chicken strips. Oh, on okay. top of a waffle, but they were really good chicken strips. Yeah, and on, t on top of a really good waffle, so it worked out. I mean, really good plus really good. Yeah, equals re really good. But we went to a fancy couple fancy. We went to a place called Gris Chris. Um, I had some rare, slightly pan seared duck. Tuna. Oh, I thought you were gonna say tuna. It's duck um, with I love some duck. kind of a, like a sweet potato puree that was delicious, and um, lot just lots of good food. Oh at the wedding I was at, they had a charbroiled oyster station where they were actually cooking oysters on an open flame, charboiling to the point where the oysters themselves were boiling, yeah. and then smathering them in Parmesan cheese. Oh, man. Wow. <laughs> so you that <laughs> really? Right wow. Probably the best like wedding food you've had. Yeah, it was amazing. It was the Golly. food. So we had a great trip on the food. Sounds um, great. Bombed around in some bars, some great bars. We went to this place called The Blacksmith. In, I believe it was called, and it looked like an old blacksmith shop. Sure. It's all open. It is a 100% dive bar piece of shit. Oh, The nice. walls are covered in pictures of celebrities drinking there, like Nick Cage, Tom Cruise, Jason Segel. I mean, thousands of them. That's awesome. But it's just a little tiny shithole. We sat in there, drank. We're the only ones sitting there. We're all sitting there drinking yinglings, and this 
probably gigantic rat just saunters out from behind the bar, like half dead. Oh, no way. Just like lumbering. <laughs> like you, you could just walk up to him. And we're like, hey, uh, to the owner, we're like, hey, you might want to. Yeah, take care of uh, check, Splinter over check here. Check that out. Then he turtles around. <laughs> and they just grabbed a broom and just swept it out the door. <laughs> I mean, it's a swamp. It is a swamp. and it, You're in a swamp. And the guy's like, oh, man, that's embarrassing. <laughs> like, I don't know. We don't even serve food here. And I'm like, that makes it worse. <laughs> it really does. Like, he's just living. That's yeah. just like where he goes to sleep. But it's cool. We walked around all over. We went to the French markets. Um, we did all kinds of stuff. It was fun. Just Gosh, basically so walk great. around and drink, and it's all just endless, endless little shops, boutiques, restaurants, bars, art gallery, this, that. Yeah. We went to an antique gun and saber museum. Slash well, that sounds like something I need to shop. go to. <laughs> um, it was cool. We went and toured like a plantation house. Um, that was co- interesting, I guess. Kind of. We just kind of stumbled in there on accident. History. I mean, history is interesting, though, to look at, regardless of what it is. Like, it, I think it's really cool to see how people lived and how people operated, like, that long ago. Because it's so different on what we do now. If you look at generations past of just, like, technical, technological advancement, it changes the way we live, right? So you go back to any time period and see what they were doing, you're like, man, yeah. I don't know how... These people were dumb. Yeah, I don't know how you <laughs> live this way. No. Like, candle, candles were huge. Like, <clears throat> yeah, they can have- anybody right now tell me that they actively use candles on a daily basis for anything other than making a room smell good? Lots of the streets there are still cobblestone. Lots of the streets still have the oil lamps. That's awesome going down to them. me. It's a cool, cool city. And actually... I would highly recommend it, and I'm, I never thought I would say this, but yeah. I would highly recommend it as a place to go with two caveats, with a group of friends, okay, like a, you know, yes. a group of people, and, and you want, if you, if you like to walk around and drink all day. And I would probably also say off-season. So I Amy, wouldn't want to go there when it was crowded, p- packed. Amy went there for a convention for the medical field. She went there with her boss and went the week after Mardi Gras. Mm-hmm. So Mardi Gras happened. It, this was in March because Fat Tuesday is in March, right? And that's like the peak of Mardi Gras that week. So she went the week February after. February usually, but yeah, somewhere is it there. Okay, well, she, maybe she went the first week of March then. Okay. It was like directly after Mardi Gras. And she was there, said the same thing, loved the way the architect, architecture was, everything looked, food was incredible. She said super fun because there was like bands playing. This oh, yeah. is pre-COVID too. But there was way. still too. There's there just bands like, playing all over. Yeah, bands playing all over, like jazz bands and then like literally like marching bands playing. And she sent me a bunch of videos and she said it was a blast in that aspect. But she said it was very crowded at the time that she was there. It was very hard to move around, and she said once you got past about eight o'clock, it was time to go in for their group. You know, she was with a different group of people. No, I mean you want to go in after eight o'clock. Like at eight o'clock, there was she's like you'd leave a a bar. She's like we're watching this like awesome saxophone player, and then all of a sudden we leave the bar, and there's like three people peeing in the street. Yeah, yes, (laughs) and she's like that was like every night there was just. 
something like that going on. It go, it's a fun place to walk around day drinking and having a great time. Yeah. But at night, it is a frat party on steroids. Right. But with people that are 50 and older. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it, it, if, it, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know if I can hardcore recommend it. I mean, I hear they have some nice museums, and some of our group actually did that are incredible. Oh, really? They that, have, they that have a World fun. War II museum that is like world class. I need to go there. And a couple of our friends did go there. We didn't make it. Um, we went the drinking all day route. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we figured they wouldn't have drinks at the World War II museum. Probably so. not. Probably not. Um, but not drinking like hardcore. But you're just walking around into this bar, have a drink, stay there for 30 minutes, walk down the road, go to the next wonderful. bar, walk in there. This guy might have a band playing over here. And there was nobody there. That's what I think I liked. You know, absolutely. I hate crowds. Like I refuse to go to Nashville. I've been there before. It have is, you? I've never been there it ever is in my life. Horrendous with crowds. I bet you it's different today. Maybe. I I guarantee you it has to be. And honestly, I felt like very. First of all, the airport and the plane and all that is like it's strict, and I didn't. I felt. I didn't feel like anything we were doing really at any time was like unsafe. No, I mean, yeah. other than you go to a restaurant and you're sitting in there, with, obviously with no mask or anything. And I'm not overly concerned about it. No, but it can't. It's it's a proven fact that disease cannot get you when you're eating. Well, and and this is the fun thing about going on a trip right now, the ridiculousness of all of this. So, like, you're in the in the airport, right? Yeah. And you get to a certain point in the line where there's a guy, like, in the security line. Where the guy says go, and you walk, and then they wait about six, seven feet, and then they go to the next person, so everybody can be spaced out going through security. Yeah. But before that point in line, Everybody everybody's is jammed up together. <laughs> so no COVID there. Yeah. COVID there on the other side of the thing, and it's the same thing with restaurants and bars. And I understand people will say, "Oh, that's why they need to be shut down," but it doesn't matter because if it wasn't that, it would be the other thing because people still it's have something to exist. Else. Yeah. You know. What I- and it's something else. And then our, our grocery stores are still going to stay open. Right. You can't close them down because then you're going to literally kill people because of that, you know, or at least hinder their existence with no food and now, no capability of getting it. Now, I will say every, just, everybody in all the bars in New Orleans said, oh, you came at a great time because tomorrow they're shutting everything down in the city. Like what day? Like, like t- today. Monday? Yeah. Oh. And I don't know if that'll happen or not. And like I said, everything did close at 11, but that was great, actually, in my opinion. Yeah. So, I mean, we were out to some bars, not on Bourbon Street at 11. Like, we'd go to a restaurant, and then we'd, like, maybe go to a neighborhood bar that was kind of a pre-planned event. And so we'd go there, and, they yeah, they closed by 11. And at 11, you're like, man, this sucks. And then, like, at 9 o'clock the next morning, you're like, oh. Oh, let's start this again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so... No, that sounds fun. like a great trip. It is. It's a great place to go with a group of people that like to day drink. So does she live there, Brittany? Does she live in New Orleans? Yeah, but she's moving like this week to St. Louis. Oh, going back to St. Louis, huh? Yeah. That's okay. where her, her fiance lives. The wedding was amazing. It was incredible. I won't go too in-depth on that because it Nobody doesn't feel cares. appropriate to yeah. talk about somebody else's wedding. I don't wedding, care but, about weddings. <laughs> um, it they, was like an awesome wedding. Cool. So. Sounds great. Well, while you were gone, Chris, and while you were not paying attention to what the real world was like, all right, I was living the real world. I was struggling out here on the streets. And when I... Taking my, it to the streets. Yeah. And on my Friday off, 
while I was struggling on my Friday off, <laughs> yes. uh, I was paying attention to news. And bit of a news hound, this one. It's been a bit of a week <laughs> on news. It's been the and, wrong week for somebody that's on a podcast about <laughs> entertainment news yeah. to just completely be oblivious to their phone. I didn't even look at my phone like for the last You know what? Days, Good so. for you because I was stuck to it and I kept looking at different things because there was a lot of announcements that happened. Not for like, I don't know, not for like Warner Brothers or uh, any other movie company besides... The ultimate movie company in today's day and age, apparently, and TV show company, and that is Disney. Disney released so many things in the last week. And if you aren't aware of this, you've either been with Chris or living under a rock. <laughs> there were a lot of people with me. So. <laughs> yeah. so they had what is called Disney's Investors Day. And what it's basically just a it's almost like a Comic-Con or like an Apple release day. You know, like yeah. how Apple releases a new phone and they have a big event. That's what they did with all of the shows they could ever create in a decade, I think, because it is a lot of things. I think it's 52 and above that they release, like something Yeah, I think around it was like number. over 100 I had read, but a lot of them were just updates on existing projects that we already right. knew about. There was like 52... Um, not brand new. Some of them we've heard about before, but with a lot more details. Correct. Basically. They have released a lot of detail on a lot of things, but also a lot of new releases. So we're talking about, I mean, anything from Lucasfilm to Marvel to Pixar to Disney itself. And I apologize if you're commenting. I'm not, I don't have, my internet is not able to pull up comments right now. So maybe you can check. Oh, really? That maybe I'll, talking. yeah, I'll check that out. But they, they have released a lot of things, and we are going to go through a comprehensive list of what Disney has released in the last week um, because yeah, I feel like it's something that everybody needs to know. And that'll probably take a while, but we're also going to do some what we're watching. Um, no top 10 for night, tonight, but we're doing some what we're watching. I got a couple things, but we're going to talk in depth about Mandalorian because yeah. we're a couple episodes behind. I have on quite it. a few things to talk about yeah, with what I'm watching. a couple things. But with, with what I'm watching. Oh, I only have well. two other things. I have some, I really have some things. To talk to about get off your chest, I'm, yeah, I really do, and it's great. Uh, Erica Shower says, This is making me hungry. Ooh, or Shewer, I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing your name wrong. Um, it's S C H E U E R. Anyway, if you're hungry, go check out New Orleans, the French Quarter, like <laughs> anywhere French quarter of New Orleans. Yeah, go there. <laughs> Apparently, I'll go with you because I've never been there. I need to go there. Yeah. Uh, so where do we start, Chris? Where is it working? Because it, it's saying yeah. on my computer it's not. Yeah, working. I got her pulled up. Okay. Got some people watching. Got one comment. That's all we got is just one comment as far as I can see. But it's showing my beautiful face. There you go. And that's all we need to worry about. I have no internet active, so. You're ridiculous. Do you know how to work a computer? Did you forget how to work your computer on your... Well, we have a new studio computer. I haven't got it hooked up yet, but I got a top-of-the-line well, Lenovo not, Legion computer. Where's it at? What, what, uh, it's where, what, at my house. I haven't. Bourbon liked, Street. I gotta set Chris? it up. I haven't had time to set it up. I got it when I was gone. I haven't set it up. Oh my gosh! So where do you want to start? Do you want to start with Marvel first and go down the line with that? You think, Chris? Um. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. I got to make sure this is working. Yes. Start talking. Okay. So yes, Disney Plus. 
Disney obviously owns Marvel now, um, and they have released a bunch of things. So we all knew WandaVision was coming, right? So they talked about WandaVision, the first Marvel Studios show coming out on Disney+, Plus. got a new trailer ahead of its upcoming January 15th release. So that's happening. Then we have the Falcon and the Winter Soldier also finally got a full trailer along with a March release date. They didn't give an actual day, but they said it's going to be in March. And that trailer looks very nice. Very nice. <laughs> um, yeah, I just so watched these it actually today. Have been around for a while, um, but we haven't had a lot of details really. Any, no, the, the, the WandaVision's had quite a bit of like teasers. Yeah, so WandaVision had something. And I come haven't out, watched the full trailer. It, what did they release a full trailer for that? They uh, got a new trailer. Different footage, I think. Yeah. Um, but the Falcon and the Winter Soldier finally got a full trailer that I had never seen before. I had never seen much about that. Um, but it, yeah, very nice, like you say. And then we got also got a first look at Loki, Disney's highly anticipated short series based on Tom Hiddleston's God of Mischief character. Uh, the show also got a May 2021 release date. So these are coming up pretty quick. That's, that's quick. And I'm really excited about that because, um, first of all, I love Loki and Tom Hiddleston, and he does that character perfectly. I mean, that's what's... That's his career. I right there. heard something that it was going to be like a DB Cooper type caper, like looking for lost money. I, I don't know what that means. That's just what I heard. I get so, it. Um, I don't have a lot of the details on that, unfortunately. Loki's a strange dude. Like he's a very mysterious man, very mischievous, mischievous man. Asgardian, and uh, that's a great character. I really like him, but. Look at this. Like even so for those three shows, you've got WandaVision in January 15th, right? So mm -hmm. you've got January 15th, you've got a whole entire series. They didn't say whether or not they're dropping it all at once or weekly. I'm assuming it's all at once. Um, I don't know why Mandalorian's not that way. I bet no, it'll it, be weekly. You're right. Mandalorian is not that way, but it was the first season. Yes. So was it? Yeah, the very first season they dropped every episode. No, they did not. Yes, they did, and you could watch them. It was not weekly. I don't think that that's true. It absolutely is. And oh, then the we, second... Yeah. They dropped like two episodes the second season right away, didn't they? Or no? No. They only, okay. They've been doing one a well, week. Well, anyway, I, I'm all in for one a week. That's what I want. I am too. I never I don't thought I would I don't want to waste be. my time. Like, I don't want to waste a show all right overnight. For the longest time, I was like, yes, they dropped the whole series like Netflix was doing with Daredevil, and that's what they really started it with. And I thought, this is the way to go. And then I had all of like 10 or 12 episodes in front of me, even eight episodes in front of me, and I was like, Ugh, this is a lot of work. Yeah. Well, and I, don't, I, I don't care about the work. It's just like no. I can't stop myself from watching it. See, and I'm the opposite. I get into a point where I watch two or three, and then I've overloaded myself with it. And I won't watch it for like two or three weeks. And then I'm like, oh, crap, I got to go back and watch this. Yeah, it's, it's a weird thing. Like, I want that show so bad. And then when they put it all in front of me, I get a little taste of it. And I'm like, well, I got to take a break a second. Because right. I feel like I'm wasting so much of my day. Yeah. Whereas you would love to just waste all of your time. Absolutely. Um, and never do anything productive. That's 100%. Yeah. <laughs> So I don't know if any of these are going to come. But anyway, so WandaVision coming in January, and then you've got to wait until just March. So February, you've got all to watch WandaVision, however long it takes them to put that out. 
And then March, boom, Falcon and the Winter Soldier come out. You can watch that. And then, boom, May, you've got Loki. I mean, there's not much time in between there. And that's this is just talking about Disney right now. Right. Not including anything of any other show that you ever watch on any other streaming platform. Which we'll get to. Um, uh, yeah. But there's more. Um, but there's more. Uh, one that I'm particularly excited about that I wouldn't have said this before that I was super excited about this. Okay. Hawkeye. Yeah. Coming in fall. Um, I like Hawkeye as a character. I love Jeremy Renner's portrayal of him. But what excited me was this is going to be so based on the Matt Fraction comic book series yes. that they're even using the same logo. And I'm going to tell you what, this is one of my favorite comic book series of all time. It's because it's like real life. It's like basically if Hawkeye was just like a real dude. Um, right. And it is. Which they touched on a little bit at the end of. They did. They kind of set it up that end way. Endgame. They set it up that way where they where they give you, at the beginning of Endgame, they give you Hawkeye's family. He's having hot dogs. He's talking about, you know, what do you want on there? Mustard, ketchup, relish, whatever. And they set it up as a regular family for him, and then everybody disappears. Right? And, and I don't think they're going to play off that aspect of no, it. No, I'm just much, saying, like, but... it gives you a little taste of, like, the real life. Like, this superhero also goes home yeah. and has a family. Yeah. And in the book, it's less that, but it's just more him living his life in, like, the city. And anyway, however they do it, it's going to be great uh, because if they're, if, if they're basing it on that comic book series, which I'm telling you is amazing... Um, that is what you want to be a part of. Yes. Um, then we have uh, What If, an animated series from Marvel uh, that features the voice acting cast of many Marvel Cinematic Universe stars. Also got a new trailer that offers a first look at the upcoming series. This one I'm not 100% sure about. So I saw some video footage of it. I like the animation style. It's different. It's an um, interesting animation style. Um I can't remember the three or four scenarios that they played out in the little trailer that I watched. So are for they it. using like certain superheroes and saying, "What if this happens?" Yeah, yeah. The what that's if series, exactly right? Yeah. Um, like one of them was, "What if Captain America was a zombie?" Because there's a comic book series called "What If," right? Yes. Yeah, and I'm assuming they're doing a lot of those, like "What if um, Tony Stark's Iron Man was something?" I don't know. Anyway, point being. Different scenarios. Some of them are really wild. Yeah. Um, so I think it'll be, I mean, I'll watch it. I don't think it's going to be like my number one big thing, but no, it but definitely looks cool. I have to say, like, a lot of these things are not a lot of them, but some of them are a little bit offbeat from what I would normally watch. But everybody said that about uh, Iron Man to begin with. Like, Iron Man, everybody was like, why are, what, why are they coming out with an Iron Man? Nobody reads Iron Man. And then it blew up into something to where we're at now. Like right. it, Because of that movie, it blew up into where we're at now. So all of these shows, I feel like I have to give a part of my life to yeah. and watch them because, honestly, I believe it could blow up into something even bigger. And Ian says, I'd love to talk about the new Marvel Star Wars stuff, but right now I'm getting ready to watch Clone Wars and Rebels by rewatching the prequel trilogy. Phantom oh. Menace right now. Hey, tune in. Yeah, stay on board because Ian, I think we're going to talk a lot about that later. We are going to talk a lot about this later because I've got, I've just got some stories about this. Or just it's made me happy. Yeah. Um. So anyway, so, moving on because we got to move on through these. Um, three new series 
Kevin Feige announced is coming to Disney Plus. The first uh, being Ironheart. Yes. Uh, which is, of course, none of you will know this probably, but right. <laughs> it is a com. It's based on a uh, very popular um, newer comic book series. I don't know that much about it personally. I do know Riri Williams, yeah. who is a young genius who basically makes her own Iron Man suit. Yes. Um, and basically becomes the next Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've heard great things about the comic. I've never read it, so I can't comment. But I think it's a great idea, especially when you're playing with a character now who's really not going to be in a big way involved going forward. You got to find a new way to reboot no, that franchise, and this is a great way to do it. Yeah, that's it, you can still pull people in with an Iron Man esque and type there, show. I have, there's no doubt in my mind Robert Downey Jr. will be at least a voice in part of it. Yeah, I guarantee you. Don Cheadle is coming back as you know, Rhodey Rhodes. Well, that's the second big one. Armor Wars. Yeah. Uh, examines one of Tony Stark's biggest fears, stars Don Cheadle, um, uh, and it's basically if the Iron Man tech got stolen right, and was used by bad, and you're going to have, obviously, um, Don Cheadle as War Machine. So if you're worried about your Iron Man fix coming forward, you're going to get stuff. You're going to see it. And then uh, another big one was um, Secret Invasion, with Nick Fury, uh, Samuel L. Jackson, Nick Fury-led series, and he'll be star, uh, buddying up with Ben Mendelsohn, who played uh, Talos yeah, ben from Captain, uh, Captain Marvel. He was the Skrull in Captain Marvel, Ben Mendelsohn. Yes. Oh, I know that guy now. And he was the best part of that, one of the best parts of that movie yeah. in, my, in my mind. He was in uh, one of the new Star Wars, too, wasn't he? Um, in uh, sure. Force Awakens. Possibly. I think he was. Anyway, um, so it's basically going to be a takeoff of Captain Marvel, I would assume, but playing with the Secret Invasion storyline, which in the comics is probably one of the biggest, most famous events and storylines in the history of Marvel Comics. Huge. Um, Secret Invasion, it goes deep into the scrolls and like their shapeshifters and invading, you know, basically aliens. To, to make it simple, aliens, shapeshifter aliens, embedding themselves into the the you, world, the, the like, world, the earth, and like a big war happening from that. Yes. Um, that will be good. I guarantee it. And that will also, I guarantee, be the linchpin to the movie cinematic universe going forward. That's going to be, in my opinion. Absolutely. And I guarantee you it'll play big into Captain Marvel 2. Yes. Um but as of now, there's no release dates for any of those shows. Uh, they just said that these are projects that are in the works. They haven't given a release date or announced. Those, those were all happen. new but those series are, that were announced that we didn't know about previous. Correct. There was three more that they we've already announced that we've already talked about that they had updates on. That uh, would be Moon Knight. I'm so excited about that show, Chris. Yeah. And I that, want that. In and that's my starring um, Oscar Isaac, right? Yes. Uh, Moon Knight is one of my favorite comic book characters, um, even though I don't go super deep into the book history. No, but we need to be searching for more of those books. Yeah. Um, so Moon Knight would be exciting. That's a that's like Marvel's Batman, except if Batman was, well, he is a billionaire. He is a billionaire, uh, but if he was like... Disassociative personality disorder, right? Is what right, and also, um, what's it called? Like, um, not Enchanted, but... Um, yeah, kind of. Like, yeah, like enchanted by a Egyptian moon, god. Right. <laughs> like it was like an Egyptian god or an Egyptian like uh, 
like a mummy, you know, like one of those mummy statue things. Yeah. Like one of those. Like he has to do what it says, basically. Um, so that is one I definitely want to check out. But yeah, Moon Knight, awesome. Once you get to the Moon Knight where he's wearing a white suit and a, like a slicked back, like do-rag, white-faced, that dude's good. Yeah. And the cast, I mean, that's the big thing. Um, I mean, that you're talking about an A-list actor. Yeah. Uh, She-Hulk, which is one we've talked about a lot, I'm super excited about. I can't wait for She-Hulk. Um, I can't remember the name. Uh, oh, Tatiana Maslana will pay yes. She-Hulk. But they've also, big announcements there is Mark Ruffalo will be in it as Hulk. As the Hulk. And um, there was somebody else that was going to be in it that I can't remember. But um, she's a big one in that. So we're excited about that. Uh, Tim Roth. Oh, yeah, Tim, Tim Roth, Roth will be on it be as um, Abomination, right? Yes. And then the probably out of those three, one I'm maybe most excited about is Ms. Marvel, which we've talked about before. This is one of the best comic books, Marvel comic book series to come out of the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I recommend it. I think it was on my recommended list for new readers. It was. Uh, it's an amazing series about a teenage girl, um, Kamala Khan, who is a Pakistani-American who becomes a hero, Ms. Marvel. and She becomes Ms. Marvel. They've announced that she'll be in that, um, as well as I believe she will also be in the Captain Marvel 2 movie. Right. She's supposed to appear in Captain Marvel 2, and then I think Ms. Marvel would come after that. But it's giving it a debut, Ms. Marvel, uh, for late 2021. So I'm not sure when Captain Marvel was supposed to come out. Uh, I'm sure we'll get to that. Uh, another exciting one for me, uh, Marvel Studios launching Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special. Yeah, the Holiday Special. What I didn't hear about this. Now it says 2022 will be the release date, so that would probably be not this. Co- I wonder what they're going to do with that. A couple years from now. Uh, directed by James Gunn. Uh, it'll have the full cast. They're going to do it while they're filming Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Um, I'm sure it won't be like a long thing, but it'll probably right. be like a... Really hilarious one hour long it's gotta special be. is probably what it's going to be. Um, and then also an I Am Groot short animated, animated series, series uh, following Baby Groot. Um, they've got more. That's, that's just uh, Disney Plus shows. We're right. Get into the movies. Oh, yeah. We I know we're it. banging through these fast, but there's a lot to do here. So uh, Black Panther 2, um, which we already knew was coming. Yes. Was given a date, July 2022. July 8th, 2022. Um, directed by Ryan Coogler, which I believe he did the first one. He did. Um, they will not recast Chadwick Boseman as T'Challa, which is a great move. I, it is a great move, but I, I am really curious as what they're going to do with this. There have been other Black Panthers, so yeah. there will somebody else will pick up the mantle, and they'll probably still be able to use T'Challa because they can make him in the suit only. Right. Um, so they can make him That's true. die probably in the beginning of that movie. And then it's like, who's taking up the mantle? Like, oh no, who takes over? There's a lot of talk, and we don't know this, hasn't been confirmed, but there's a lot of talk that Namor, mm-hmm. the Submariner, Submariner, will be the villain for that. It's been teased in other films, um, who is kind of an anti-hero himself. So there's probably going to be a team up at some point. Yeah. Um, you want me to keep going or you want to do something? 
Uh, let's see. You're going to hit up. Okay. Yeah, I see. Well, this is what I'm really excited about. The Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yeah. The quantum mania because quantum that is mania. the best name ever. Unbelievable. Paul Rudd, Evangeline Lilly, Michael Douglas, Michelle. Same Pfeiffer. director, Peyton Reed, who did the first two amazing Ant-Man movies. Yes. Um, Kang the Conqueror. <laughs> yeah. Kang the Conqueror is coming into this movie. I am very excited about this because, see, so when Ant-Man first came out, I wasn't super into it. I always loved Paul Rudd, but I wasn't into the Ant-Man character. Um, but then, you know, watched the first movie. I liked it. But then I got into the second one, and the second one sold me. I, the, I know you like the first one better, don't you? Uh, yes, I do. Yeah. So you, I knew you liked the first one better, but the second one really sold me on the universe and then tying him into, uh, end game and, you know, infinity war and all that stuff, like everything he did with, with that story, it just sold me big time on that character. I've never been big in the comic books about Ant-Man. I really only have any knowledge of him because of the movies and I love it. It's so fun. It's so different. It's like if you don't want that serious like doom and gloom movie, even though Marvel does a really good job at bringing out like the light side of things, but there is such a heavy storyline to a lot of these movies. When you get into Ant-Man, it's usually not that way. And I like that. Yeah. And King the Conqueror is an interesting. He's been like a reoccurring character throughout all of Marvel Comics history yep. and reinterpreted a lot of times, but he's always like a time-traveling Conqueror. The big thing is he's always time traveling. Right. Um, and like a super genius and he's really weird looking. So we'll mm -hmm. see how that goes. Yeah. Uh, they announced the casting for that. I don't have it right on top of my head. It wasn't anybody that I, Jonathan Majors. Um, oh yeah. Jonathan Majors as King the Conqueror. Yep. But they had big announcements for Dr. Strange and the multiverse of madness. Cause it will tie in WandaVision and yeah, the new third Spider-Man movie. Which it does. is not officially stated, but pretty much stated that Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire and um, oh my gosh, and everybody else that was in any of those movies. So and probably we'll see a Miles Morales. And there's a, a Doc Ock is coming back. Yep. The same guy Alfred who played Molina. it in, in number three. We've got Jamie Fox coming back as what's his name? Elect Electro. Electro. So they're gonna bring back um, all whatever nine Spider-Man movies. Yeah, all three different, four different Spider-Mans. Really, they're going to bring it all back into the multiverse with Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness being the center linchpin for the, and also the multiverse of obviously. So I'm Wandavision. I'm so excited about this, but I'm also so nervous about this. This seems like a huge undertaking. It was, but think about so was Infinity War. You know, I, I wasn't that nervous about Infinity War, though, because you're not bringing in... I mean, you do have all those characters, but for Spider-Man, though, we've already seen, like, Into the Multiverse as a animation, right? Yep. So trying to do this as a live action with all these people that you've already seen in previous Spider-Man movies that were either hated on or loved by some, it just makes me really nervous. Yeah. Um, I'm not nervous at all. I think they can do anything over there at, this, uh, at, at I Marvel hope, Studios. I, I agree with you. I'm excited because I do believe that as well. It just makes me nervous that they may try to go down a path that is too big. Because Spider-Man, I liked that it was relatively small in its own thing. 
you know, like with the new Tom Holland version. Yeah, it had its own little sub-universe. Yeah, I liked that. I liked having the relief of the big picture of all the Star Wars. I think that's what this is. This is what's interesting to me, okay? They're going to have their main event, but they're making these mini-universes. So Doctor Strange and Star Wars are going to have their own mini-universe. Yeah. Captain Marvel's Secret Invasion is going to be its own Ms. Marvel mini-universe. But they're tying it all together somewhere in the middle. They will tie it all together. But I like the fact that we get these little mini universes. There'll be this one here, that one. Yeah. Ant-Man will tie in with Kang the Conqueror, which will tie in with something else. So the big picture of that, I like, but I'm saying just for Spider-Man itself, bringing in so many other names and so many other characters and so many other Spider-Mans, I just hope it doesn't overwhelm the story. You know, it worked I hope in, it into, the, into the Spider-Verse. So As I a cartoon, yes. I think they can make it work. And then probably one of their biggest announcements, um, the first family of Marvel is making its Marvel yeah. Studios debut. Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four coming. They haven't said when. They didn't nope. release anything other than a logo. Well, they said it's going to be directed by John Watts, who also directed Spider-Man Homecoming. Awesome. So he did a very good job with Spider-Man Homecoming. And if we don't see a John Krasinski as Reed Richards and that Emily is... Blunt as Sue right. Storm... I'm going home. <laughs> right. I won't. I will never buy another ticket, which I don't think we'll have to buy tickets to shows anymore. But it, yeah, they have to put that. There's been such a push on the internet for John Krasinski as Mr. Fantastic. Yeah. He's been pushing it. And, yeah. And we'll eventually get to see a Hulk versus Thing right. face off, I'm sure. Mark Ruffalo they better. seems to have no interest in stopping playing the Hulk in, ever again in his entire life. Has Mark Ruffalo made any other money than what he has made know. as the Hulk? <laughs> I don't know, but he's constantly talking about it on Twitter, so I think he's into it. So there's a bunch of other previously announced films that they also talked about. Um, obviously, Black Willow or Black Widow is coming uh, opening May 7th, mm-hmm. 2021. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, starring Sim, Simu Lau. I can't say that word. Name. I don't know, but I'm really excited about that one because uh, I love, love Kung Fu. They said that's opening July 9th, 2021. We've got The Eternals. That's still a thing. That's yeah. coming. Uh, opening November 5th, 2021. Doctor Strange, that's going to be in the Multiverse of Madness. That's not opening till March 5th, 2022. Um, then there is Thor Love and Thunder. We've oh. all heard of that movie, right? Uh, it begins filming next next month. Taika Waititi directs Chris Hemsworth, Natalie Portman, Tessa Thompson, joined by Christian Bale, as which has been proven now. I speculated this. You did. Months ago. I don't know what episode it was, but you need to go back many, many episodes. And I talked about Christian Bale being in uh, Thor. And he is going to play the villain Gore, the God Butcher. Yes. That is supposed to debut May 6th, 2022. Black Panther, July 8th. And then we also have Blade, starring Maharshala. Oscar award winner. Ali in the title. You know him, right? I think I do. Well, he was in Luke Cage. He was the villain in Luke Cage. And he was also in The Green Book is what one of the Oscars. Oh, yeah. And, and I said his name uh, completely wrong. Unbelievably it's good. Mahershala. Mahershala Ali. I feel like I'm missing one because I watched a video of something about them announcing that there was another Marvel project in which Danny DeVito was going to be the villain. Oh, I don't know that one. 
And I don't know, maybe it was a joke. But yeah, Captain Marvel 2, Brie Larson uh, reprises her role along Iman Vellani, who makes her debut as Miss Marvel, opening November 11th, 2022. So Captain Marvel is coming after Miss Marvel. And after Secret Invasion, I right. think. Yep. And then, of course, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. That's still a thing. We talked about the holiday special, but... Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, directed by James Gunn, scheduled for 2023 at some point. Yes. So that is all of the Marvel stuff that I've seen. Um, now we got what? You want to go for uh, Disney Television Studios for Disney Plus? Um, sure. Because <laughs> there's... I was going to go... Yes, go Real ahead. quick, I'm going to run through this and then you can hit yours. So Beauty and the Beast is a working title for Luke Evans and Josh Gad and Swiss Family Robinson from Ron Moore and John M. Chu. Those are two shows that are going to come to Disney Plus at some I love point. Swiss Family Robinson. So. I do too. In Development is a Percy Jackson and the Olympians show. Um, and then Disney Television Studios is currently in production of four live-action series set to debut in 2021. The Mighty Ducks, Game Changers, Big Shot. Uh, that's going to be with Emilio Estevez. I was going to say, if Gordon Bombay is not back in he's that, in it. I'm out. Uh, and then uh, the Mysterious Benedict Society and Turner and Hooch. Ooh, I love Turner and Hooch. Yeah. So I don't know what Big Shot is. Um, that's a show. But those are the four that they're talking about. 2021 live action series for Turner and Hooch. And Mighty Ducks, I'll probably watch both of those things. Yeah, those are going to be probably aimed at kids. Yes. Which I'm cool with. Um, all right, you want to get into... Let's do Pixar first before we do Star Wars. Um, okay, let me find it. Let me get up here. Pixar, here we go. Well, are. we'll do okay. Disney Animations first. Disney Animation has a lot. It does. Um, Raya and the Last Dragon. Yeah, that's a March 2020. That's coming one. soon. I don't know anything about that. Uh, well, it says uh, we'll debut. Let's see. That's it. Yeah, it's Ryan the Last Dragon. I don't know what it's about, but March 2021. Baymax, a series based on Big Hero 6, arriving in 2022. Um, I'm a huge fan of Big Hero 6. Um, Baymax not being my favorite part of that movie, but. No, but. It looks fine. It'll be good, I'm I sure. I like the character. It, it, it'll that's be a, a supporting role. Like, Baymax was a supporting role. That'll that, probably so. be a, a kid's show. I'm guessing. I, I guarantee you the main the main character, that kid, will be involved with the yeah, show. Probably. He has to be. because That'll be fun because the movie was good. You know it'll be good. Yeah. Uh, Zootopia Plus, a new series based on Zootopia. Um, spring yeah, 2022, short, that's a ways out. Short form series. Tiana, uh, which is based on The Princess and the Frog, which is in New, new Orleans. New Orleans. Uh, premiering 2023. That's, these are a long ways off, so I'll just hit them quick. A long form musical comedy series for Moana hitting Disney... Plus yeah, in 2023. I love that movie. Oh, it's it's the best. I, Manuel Miranda's. Uh, I just absolutely love the movie, the, the visuals, music for the me music. Is incredible. But also the the visual of that mm-hmm. show is incredible. I think the water, all of it's just very good. Yeah, I agree. Encanto uh, Encanto uh, is a new movie set in Colombia with music written by Lin Manuel Miranda there you go. in development. Um, Iwaju, a long form series made. With, uh, I'm guessing, a Japanese company? No, it says to be produced in collaboration with Pan-African company. Oh, African. Or Hawaii. Pan-African comic book company, Kugali. Okay. Uh, 2022. Anyway, 
Disney Pixie Pixar Disney Plus series. Okay. All right. Um, skip that. Skip that. Uh, po- Pixar popcorn short films. Never mind. Um, Doug Day's new series featuring the beloved dog Doug from Up. Fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cars series Cars. following Lightning McQueen and Mater. That will be a big part of our life, I'm sure, with my children. Yes. Um, win or lose. Long four animated series about middle school softball team. All right. Nothing too exciting for us there. Um, but three big movies, Pixar movies they announced. Luca, uh, a movie set in Italy about a boy named Luca. That's it, all we know. <laughs> yeah, it said previously announced and scheduled for theatrical release on June 18th, 2021. Uh, Lightyear, origin story of Buzz Lightyear, voiced by Chris Evans. Yeah. Summer 2022. So That one sounds interesting to me. Yeah, I mean... I'll, I like Buzz Lightyear. You're, all of your kids have been obsessed with Buzz yeah. Lightyear. So... That'll be I, one everybody in the world watches. Yeah, we will all have to watch that. Uh, Turning Red, about a 13-year-old gir- go- girl going through puberty that transforms into a giant red panda when she gets excited. <laughs> okay. You know, I've always said, this is what I've always said. If you were to read, you know, read most stories like out loud, you just read them out loud to somebody without any context at all, everybody would say every story sounds ridiculous. You know, if you read about Star Wars to somebody or Star Trek or Lightyear, if you just talked about Buzz Lightyear, you never heard about him before, you would think that sounds ridiculous. I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt. I'm and sure it'll say be great as Pixar. Thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's it for Disney and Pixar that I have, unless you have something no, else. No, that's, that's all I got. Um, yeah, we talked about, uh, yeah. There was stuff. a couple things, uh, big things that FX announced. Um, you want to talk about those? Yeah, I gotta find my X at my FX portion of my page because I got a different article than you that I like better. Okay, well then maybe you should be talking more. Than um, me. nope, I don't have any FX on here. I gotta go to the other article. All right, FX. Um, here's a couple that they released. Um, Will Smith and Chris Hemsworth will star in a series for National Geographic. I'm sorry. Oh yeah. Um, that's a nature. A nature show, I'm sure. Yeah, Welcome to Earth. Exploring the limits of the human body. It says, Smith ha- follows Smith as he embarks on an awe-inspiring journey to unlock the secret of his planet's most extraordinary, unexplained phenomena. And I will say, uh, Will Smith produced probably one of the really great nature documentaries oh, yeah, called you One would... Strange Rock. Yeah. That's totally worth watching, so check so, that out. So Chris Hemsworth is doing one called Limitless. Oh, that's two different ones, I yeah, see. Yeah, there's, so there's Welcome to Earth with Will Smith, and then Chris Hemsworth has Limitless, where it explores the limits of the human body, which I think... shows him diving in the Arctic waters. That sounds really cool. Um, and then for FX, Noah Hawley, who did um, one of my favorite shows of all time, Fargo, and also uh, Legion, which I watched most of, but I haven't finished, which is a really strange show, but very interesting. Um, he's making a new Aliens show, or Alien show, yeah. for FX and Hulu. Hulu Hasn't been announced yet, um, but obviously we here are big fans of the Alien I am franchise. a huge fan of um, Aliens. So that is something that's exciting. The other things they announced was... Un- more seasons of It's Always Sunny. It's been released. It's renewed for four more seasons. And I feel like every Isn't that year, insane? Every year those guys are like, yeah, this will probably be the last one. And now they're doing four more. And they've already had like 23,000. I don't think it's that many. I think they're on 14 or 15. It's a lot. 
But either way, they're going to make it close to 20, at least 20 seasons um, of a great show. It is a phenomenal show. There's a lot of uh, listeners that enjoy that show a lot. It's really funny. My wife despises it. Oh, I love that show. I love it as well. I always have. It's very good. There's also Why the Last Man that I'm super excited about that we've we've known about before, but they released it again. It's for sure going to happen. Diane Lane is starring in it as the... I'm assuming the president. Oh yeah. Um, I am so excited about this show. I hope they didn't screw it up. I just need this show in my life. I need it to depict the comic book I hope literally so. to a T. I don't want them to change a single thing. I'm excited that it's uh, it's an FX Hulu joint project because it will allow them to do whatever they want. Right. I don't think there'll be any content restrictions except for there maybe be. nudity, which there's a lot of in the comic, but. But you don't need it. It's not necessary. Well, there's certain parts of it you do need, actually. But they could probably get away with it. But, yeah, I think they can. And I just, there's nothing more in my life that I want than this show. Yeah, I'm very excited about that. They've announced a bunch of new Hulu movies, too, like they did Palm Springs. Um, So they're going to have more original movies like that. Um, um, Oh, we forgot to talk about um, they're redoing, um, they're doing an Ice Age spinoff. With Simon Pegg, starring Simon Pegg. It's called uh, Ice Age Adventures of Buck Wild. We'll star Simon Pegg as the voice of Buck. That's all I know. It premieres 2022, but Ice Age has done very well for Pixar. Yeah, uh, not Pixar, though. Um, Is it just Disney, then? No, it was a Fox property, whatever their Fox's version of that was. Okay, so they bought that, though. So it's a Disney property now. This is all Disney stuff. FX um, also... Bringing back the show Atlanta, which I loved that show. Um, I never watched that. That was really, really good. That has, uh, I always forget the guy's name. He's super famous, but. Yeah, um, he was in Community. Yeah, and he was in Solo. He played Lando. Right. Anyway, that guy. Um, They announced New American Horror Story, um, Why the Last Man, and there was another big one, Shogun. Oh, Shogun, yes. A series uh, based on a novel series described as capturing real-life Game of Thrones of feudal Japan. FX is extremely bullish on this one. Yeah. This is going to be their Game of Thrones. Like, everybody's trying to make their Game of Thrones. You know, we got the What's the Wheel of Time one over at uh, Amazon. I don't know. We got Lord of the Rings on Amazon. Wheel of Time? Yeah, it's a huge fantasy novel series. Everybody's trying to make the next Game of Thrones. So, oh, wait, it's not out yet, though. On, no, it's not out yet. I was going to say, because I feel like I was behind on something. Um, I, I could be saying that name wrong. So that's it by that. Um, I believe. Lucasfilm. So. Yeah, so now we got Lucasfilm. That Ten new oh, projects announced from Star Wars Land. Oh, wait, can I talk about uh, Walt Disney Studio motion picture production first? Sure. What, what time are we at? Hang on. We got, we're good. We're in an hour. Oh, all right. Yeah, so Walt Disney Studios motion picture production. We've got Hocus Pocus 2. Okay. Directed by Adam Shankman. That's fine. So everybody loves Hocus Pocus. I guess. There's a lot of people that love it. A lot of people do, yeah. And they're making a second one. Three Men and a Baby reboot with Zac Efron to be released on Disney Plus in 2022. I bet you that makes money. Oh, yeah. Uh, because there's a lot of people out there right now I mean, that don't if, know about Three Men and the Baby. Go- if the Goot's not back in that, he will be. Mr. Steve Gutenberg. Um, and then there's Safety, a drama about a college 
American football player premiering on Disney Plus December 11th. So that is today. <laughs> is that today? Uh, that was... Two days ago. Three, yeah, three days ago. Um, Cheaper by the Dozen is happening again. Flora and Ulysses, I don't know what that is. And then Sister Act, a revisit film starring Whoopi Goldberg, who will produce... Uh, who will produce with Tyler Perry. There's also a Chippendales Rescue Ranger hybrid live action animated film starring John Mulaney and Andy Samberg. Well, I'm definitely in for that. Yeah, do spring 2022. The more I read into that, I was like, wow, yeah, I, I, want I want to that. see this. <laughs> I loved Chippendale Rescue Rangers when I grew up, so that sounds good. I would assume John Mulaney and Andy Samberg are Chippendale. Yeah, I would, I would assume that. Mulaney um, will be... Chip. Chip. Yeah. And Sandberg will be Dale. Uh, Pinocchio is uh, directed by Robert Zemeckis and starring Tom Hanks. And they'll go back in time, Huey Lewis and the News to provide the soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what they're going to do. And then Peter Pan and Wendy starring Jude Law as Captain Hook and Yara Sahadi as Tinkerbell. All right. Because and we need more Peter Pan. Lots of Peter Pan in the Disney world. Disney can't get rid of Peter Pan. (laughs) No. (laughs) And then we have another one called Disenchanted with Amy Adams returning as Giselle. So that goes off of the Enchanted series. It's a good movie. There's been two, right? Enchanted and then Enchanted 2. I'm not sure, but... I thought so. Um, Maybe not. But then there's Disenchanted that's coming. We have Greek Freak. It's about an NBA star, Giannis Antetokounmpo. And then there's more. Diary of a Wimpy Kid, the Ice Age one that I already talked about, Night at the Museum, an animated version of the Family Adventures series produced by franchise director Sean Levy, due on Disney Plus in 2021. Jungle Cruise, starring Dwayne Johnson and Emily Blunt. Yeah, that's been July 21st. Cruella, starring Emma Stone. Yep. And then a prequel to The Lion King and The Little Mermaid. It's a lot of stuff. It's a lot of stuff. They are throwing everything out there. But all of that is in the works for literally next year. Yeah. Either oh, next year or, or 2020, 2022. And some are 2023 as well. Um, another but, one I forgot on FX2 was uh, Reservation Dogs. Uh, Half-hour comedy telling the story of four Native American teenagers growing up in Oklahoma. So it's not like Reservoir Dogs. No. Because <laughs> that's what I thought of. From the mind of Academy Award winner Taika Watiti. That dude can touch everything. And then a little more on the Shogun, right? The guys who are, are making that directed early episodes of Game of Thrones. So they are Game of Thrones directors. Oh. Um, and it is their biggest, most ambitious, most sophisticated adult series to date. Wow. So that is now the number one thing I care about. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. <laughs> at, at this moment. Until uh, because we start... I love feudal Japan. I like, yeah, I'm obsessed I with it. I know. Until we start talking about all of these Lucasfilm things. Yes, which is now, as we like talk a million miles a minute to try and get through all this other stuff. (laughs) I'm sorry if you do feel like we're rushing. It's just that... We are, because we don't have that much time. Yeah, you can look it up, but there's so many things that Disney came out with. It's This is really unprecedented to see a a release of this this much content for one platform. Yeah. You know? It's unbelievable. So Disney Plus, well, and Disney in general with Lucasfilm has released what, Chris? 
Uh, Lucasfilm. We are looking at several things we already know about and a bunch of new things. They've announced that there's 10 new... Sh- uh, Wait, time out. Yes, they have released these shows. Also, have you heard the rumors about the whole new president thing of Lucasfilm? No. So, Kathleen Kennedy is outed. Yay! She's done for. She's not the president of Lucasfilm anymore. Which, goddamn, give her all the respect in the world. Absolutely. That woman is produced... Like all of the biggest movies in the history of the world. Right. She's done including a very good job. Star Wars, including Indiana Jones, E.T., I mean, like everything. Yeah, she's done very good, and we'll probably talk about her until in, in a minute. But I had heard rumors that they were going to... So from the time she's outed until they find a permanent replacement, they were going to put George Lucas in there as the president yeah. of Lucasfilm, right? I, I had heard that, yes. I heard that as well. Now, that's not what's going to happen. They've basically named John Favreau as the president of Lucasfilm. Well, that's the smartest thing they could ever do in the history of and mankind. And I literally, I came. Yeah. Um, I can say that. <laughs> I did. Um, Probably assisted closely by Dave Filoni. So they were talking about how Dave Filoni, John Favreau, and George Lucas are working hand in hand with each other on everything they do. George Lucas has been very involved, I believe. It's oh, what yeah. I, my understanding. Is. Uh, he absolutely has been, and they've been working hand in hand, involved with everything Star Wars from here on out. There is going to be a movie that we talk about, I think, within this release. Once I find it, I'll tell you it. Um, that they aren't real sure about, and. To be honest, what I've heard as rumors is that those three men are working to try to get the most recent Star Wars movies that have been released, the last three, as Star Wars Legends movies rather than canon. Yeah, and which I find interesting because uh, Dave Filoni was, uh, was involved. involved in the script process and so was George Lucas. Um, not a, directly, but they point. used a lot of his ideas. Um, so I think that's interesting, but clearly um, people want to forget that they existed. So they're going to allow right. us to do that. And yes, there were certain aspects of what George Lucas wanted that apparently he wasn't happy about. And then Dave Filoni wasn't happy about it either. I, I was watching this whole YouTube series of this guy that gets some information that I had never heard of before. Whether it's true or not, I don't really know. But everything he's talked about is starting to come to light yes. where with the whole George Lucas, you know, and John Favreau thing. So if John Favreau does actually become the president of Lucasfilm, which looks like that's going to happen, I think there's going to be a lot of changes in the future of what happens with Star Wars. And I do believe that a lot of the feature films that come out later on are going to have a different direction and they may, may be taken as canon rather than... Right. I think what you'll see is instead of a series of movies telling stories... It's going to be... It's going to be a universe that's explored more deeply, just like the Marvel Universe. Right. And it's going to be guaranteed tied, tied between shows... Oh, yeah. And, you know, big budget movies or theatrical releases. Right. So I'm really excited about that. I wanted to get that news out there real quick just because it really changes the way I think about Star Wars going forward. Correct. So they not only announced the 10 Star Wars series coming to Disney+, Plus, 
They gave details about a few of the other movie projects, and additionally, the final Indiana Jones movie, which is already in pre-production, which will be released July 22nd. Um, nice. Here are some of the series. Um, uh, two new Star Wars shows, both spinoffs of The Mandalorian, announced. Um, Rangers of the New Republic. Mm-hmm. From um, John Favreau and Dave Filoni. Probably starring Cara Dune. Most likely. Um, and Ahsoka. And it's set in the Mandalorian era. Yeah. So like the era that you see the Mandalorian show in right now, it's set in that time frame. And Ahsoka, mm-hmm. which we'll talk about more later, uh, as we know, my favorite Star Wars character of all time. Right. And also uh, recently portrayed in the Mandalorian by Rosario Dawson. Those three shows are going to be one show. The Mandalorian, Rangers of the Republic, and Ahsoka will be like your arrow, flash, and yes. thing where they're going to be crossing over. And they're going to be so much better. And they're, <laughs> just, they're going to be building to crossover events, and they're filming all in the same way, which is very uh, cost-effective. Um, yeah, and also very, um, not CGI, but like a physical prop-type filming where they're well, bringing... Kind of, except they're filming it in a room of... No, I know, but when you watch The Mandalorian, there is a lot of physical props involved, like physical characters where it's like rubber mask people and that type of stuff where you didn't see before. Well, I mean, we did see it before, but we haven't seen it in the past where it's all been CGI characters. If they're an alien, it's a CGI character, rather as now we get like a, a toad creature carrying a sack of babies on her back. You know, like we didn't, we haven't seen that in a long time. Basically, since uh, Return of the Jedi, yeah, have we seen anything like that? And it's it's fun, yeah. Uh, the Star Star Wars: The Bad Batch, um, an animated series about the Bad Batch of clones, which were in the newest season of the Clone Wars. If you've seen that, you know what we're talking about. Yes, sir. Um, that will be a Disney Plus. Basically, it'll be a spinoff of the Clone Wars animated series. Um, that aspect of that final season of Clone Wars was like my probably least favorite part of the last season yeah but i'm in for it i mean i'm totally gonna be in for it yeah everybody's gonna watch that uh star wars andor starring rogue one's diego luna um that will be a spinoff or prequel of rogue one's uh, and his character in rogue one a spy thriller your spy thriller which we've uh been they've been talking about for a couple years now or a year now anyway yeah um so we got officially a name, I guess, is all we really have on that. Yeah, I think it's great. I saw a teaser trailer today on YouTube. Oh, I about, didn't see that. So Cassian Andor, you know, he was in Rogue One. He's one of the pilots, and they just gave a little bit of a teaser. He's just kind of with, a Han Solo type character. He is a Han Solo type character. No, more of a spy though. He's like a spy for the Republic, right? That's yeah, what he is. Pretty much. It's like and an embedded spy. It gave a good like. Um, depiction on just how the actor felt about it basically that's what the first look was really about he said he was really excited to be involved with the movie rogue one and to go out and like promote the movie he's like but at the premiere it felt like the end he's like we were done it's just a one movie and there was nothing else he's like it was the first time in Star Wars in the Star Wars world where it was just like one and done and that was it. He's like, so as soon as they contacted me for a show about my character, he's like, I was over the moon excited. And then they started showing how the set was created and how they were starting to film on the sets and what they were doing. And again, a lot of physical sets, a lot of physical characters, a lot of filming like they did the Mandalorian when they showed 
footage of what the sets looked like and the people dressed up, it felt like Mandalorian to me, even though, I mean, it looked like Rogue One, but it felt like the way they were doing Mandalorian and that crap makes me excited. Yeah. Looks really good. Um, all right. The Acolyte, a new Star Wars se- series helmed by Russian doll creator Leslie Headland. Yes. Wasn't a fan of that show, but that's no. fine. Set in the High Republic era of the franchise, coming to Disney Plus, they've been teasing a High Republic show for a couple of years now. We've not got a lot of details on it still, um, but it's interesting. We're talking about, I don't know how, thousands of years before any of the events that we're familiar with in the time of the High Republic. So when the Republic was, you know, at their height, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, it's going to be a lot of more, I'm guessing, I don't know. What do you think? I mean, it's going to be, if you've ever played Knights of the Old Republic, the video game series, which was super popular. It will be really fun. It's going to be very much like that. It's it's definitely going to be different. I think they, <laughs> they say it in Star Wars. They're like, uh, an el- when they talk about the lightsaber, Obi-Wan Kenobi in the first Star Wars movies, an elegant weapon for a more something time sophisticated civilized civilized time time. yes that's gonna be more like it like you're gonna they're knights yes like uh knights of the old republic yeah i mean basically that's what they are and um so this is where i was gonna go with um george lucas dave filoni and john favreau so leslie headland had a story that she put forth and they accepted and she's creating the the movie for that was this one she also put forth a story about ray and other things that happened during the time frame that of the new movies that we know of that came out um, that she's trying to pitch and get involved in the Star Wars lore as canon. And she's got apparently a movie written that is directly around Rey and everything that happens like with her after um, Rise of Skywalker that Kathleen Kennedy was all about. But those guys are not. Right. And there's a bit of a headbutting, apparently. This is all hearsay. This is all like speculation, like under the table talk. I don't know if any of this is true. I'm just saying, like, I've heard stories and rumors that there's been a lot of headbutting between them. And now that Kathleen Kennedy is out as the president of Lucasfilm, it doesn't sound good that that would ever happen to me. I'm fine with that. Well, I mean, they just announced it's happening, so. What? The Star Wars High Republic show. No, the High Republic, but I'm talking about Rey after. Oh, I see. She She's created another thing. So this was done, and that's what brought her forward to say, like, oh, you can create things that oh, we like. Oh, I see. I got you. And now that we like what you're doing, pitch us something different. And she pitched them something different about Rey in the future after Rise of Skywalker, that they wanted to be as canon. Like she was going to put it as canon and say like, this is the way Skywalkers are going from here on out. And there's a bit of a headbutt there where they don't really care for that. Okay. Um, Again, whether that that's all speculation, I don't know if any of that's true, but that's what I've, I've heard. And there was a lot of headbutting with that Leslie Headland lady. Okay. Um, but that movie is still coming out. The Acolyte, it sounds good. I like the High Republic era, so that I think that would be really cool. Yeah, I love that game series. I mean, mm-hmm. it's amazing. Um, Hayden Christensen. 
We all know the new Obi Wan Kenobi show yes. is coming. It's probably I think it's the next thing coming. It's uh, very Mar- much hyped. March twenty twenty one. Yeah, uh, Hayden Christensen will be returning as Darth Vader. I think that is the best move they could do. I love it. I really I do. It. And I'm, I mean, I know everybody will shit on him as his performance, although I think he did it the way he was instructed to do it. Dude, I've got so much more to talk about this. I think he'll be in the suit, though. I mean, he's going to be Darth Vader. He's going to have to be. So well, I don't know what that means for what his actual involvement is. I, I think there... There'll be I think there will be both, flashbacks too. and him in the suit. So you're going to see him both ways. Yeah. Um, but I'm excited about that because... Which means you'll see a lot more maskless Darth Vader, probably. Yeah, I think so. I'm, I'm, as soon as I heard that, I'm so in the bag just for this knowing, show. Okay, it, just knowing, because I think Mandalorian, to me, for action sequences has been some of the best action, amazing sequences I've ever seen in anything ever. Yeah. In The Mandalorian. We'll talk more about that later. Um, and if they can do that now, mm-hmm. on a show like The Mandalorian, which... Um, again, like I've said, it's, I don't think it's like a huge budget production because it doesn't of this, look like it. this studio that they built, which is basically screens all around the actors and they're like inside of a video game engine. Yeah. So they can do these amazing things and they don't have to be on location in Tunisia. Right. They don't have to fly to South Africa. You know, they don't have to fly to Scotland. No, they don't have to do any of that. They can do it from a soundstage and they can do it from a soundstage in Mizano, Illinois, if they want to. Yeah, I'm sure which we're going to do in the market. <laughs> My point is, so they can really focus on these amazing action set pieces, and they have been. And Darth Vader, with somebody that's less stiff, right, has the potential, action-wise, to be one of the most dynamic things you could see in Star Wars. For sure. And I mean, Ahsoka you, Tano as well, and they're going to do that, obviously. Oh, We've already seen to. some of that. I mean, because she, as a fighter, is probably you know from what we've seen in cartoons the most dynamic character yeah the most as uh, far as her fighting style which is kind of almost sith derived i don't know if you've caught on that but go ahead yeah she's very um what is it agile agile fast and yeah jumping around very similar to yoda as well though if you watch him in the clone wars Um, he does the exact same thing he walks around with a cane but then flips and jumps and does whatever um so where are we at? Uh, did you talk about a droid story? Um, no. So that is also another one. That's literally all we have. I have nothing else besides a show or a movie. Is it a movie? Well, it will be starring R2-D2 and C-3PO plus a new hero. Okay. That's, That's all I know just about. about droids. A droid story. probably be a kid-related thing. Um, maybe animated, but we'll see. And then kind of... Skipping out of the Star Wars realm, but it is still Lucasfilm. Willow. Oh, yeah. We've As talked, previously we've announced, Lucasfilm is revisiting the property created by George Lucas with Warwick Davis returning in the title role, set to commence shooting in Wales in March of 2021 to debut in 2022. Movie still holds up. I just watched it, it not long ago. It's ab- great. It absolutely does. I mean, there's a lot of walking around. Yeah. It's a little slow in the beginning. The beginning is ridiculous, but love <laughs> Willow. Um, Star Wars Lando, a new event series coming to Disney Plus, so it'll probably be a limited run series. I'm mm. assuming starring the aforementioned, can't remember his name, um, dude. 
Donald Dan- Glover. Donald Glover. I was yes. going to say Danny. But I don't yes, know. Donald it Glover. could be, though, with uh, Billy D. He might be involved. Actually, you could, don't know. It could just be Billy D. Mm, I just don't think so. Okay. Well, um, and then uh, Star Wars Visions, another upcoming an- anime anthology series created yeah. coming to Disney Plus. Um, so I like anything animated and anything anime. So I'm into those. Uh, there's a Star Wars feature by Taika Waititi, Taika Waititi coming as well. It's a development. Any more details on that? No, I don't think so. I have no uh, developments on that. Rogue Squadron. Yes, this is a Patty Jenkins movie. To she's going to direct next feature of Star Wars universe. She did Wonder Woman. If she did, wondering. yeah. But this is a feature film, by the way, and it's set to open December 2023. So that'll be really fun. I always played a Rogue Squadron game on Nintendo 64. And, and I, it was like I'm playing incredible. a Rogue Squadron game right now. Yeah, on as Xbox. am I. Yeah. <laughs> hey, did you start playing that? Uh, I've very little, but I have played a little bit, and uh, it seems like it's going to be very difficult. But correct, <laughs> I feel the exact same way. So I played it in front of my children, as both of them were grounded from games nice. because of their actions from a previous weekend, and I sat there playing the Xbox in their room, <laughs> in front of them. Um, while they were grounded. Great game, though. I mean, it looks amazing. It's I've, fun. It's fun. It, I don't know how long it'll give me entertainment value. but I was in the same boat. I sat there. I played like a mission because the missions are relatively lengthy. Um, played a, well, I played a couple missions, finished it up, and I was like, I think I'm, I think I'm done with this really? for the night. That's yeah. why they priced it a brand new game at $19.99. Yeah. I mean, I like it. It just it falls flat in the way of like, this is all it is. Right. There's nothing else after this. So, we'll see what happens in a year. Well, yeah, you don't know. Um, yeah, so what I talk about, Rogue Squadron. Okay, then you also have, uh, you talked about Indiana Jones, the next installment of the franchise starring Harrison Ford. Oh, man. He's going to be 90 years old. I'll take it all. He doesn't have to. You can make something different. You know what I mean? I know. It says directed by James Mangold. What did he do? He did a lot of things. I don't know. I have, I have no internet on my computer, so I've got nothing. It's in pre-production for late spring 2021 start, and it's scheduled to open in July 2022. And then we have Children of Blood and Bone, based on Tommy Adiyama's novel about a young African girl's quest to restore magic to her people, the Maji. Lucasfilm will partner with 20th Century, 20th Century Studios. Children of Blood and Bone. I mean, the title in itself sells Sounds me. Sounds cool. Um, I don't know what else I would do but watch that. I, I read a book called Blood Meridian, and it was like the greatest thing ever. So <laughs> Children of Blood and Bone, I'm all for it. <laughs> that tracks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it has blood. Yeah. Both it says blood. Yeah. That's why Did I Did you mean, watch the Vin Diesel blood-related movie? No, I would never. It's Vin Diesel. <laughs> oh, man. I, probably is good. I don't think I don't think so. Um, so that was all of Lucasfilm that I'm seeing. So what are you most excited about on all of that? Uh, let me look through here. You know, out of all of that, it's where we started with the whole Lucasfilm thing, where we were talking about where do we have it? So, like Obi Wan, I'm really excited about Obi Wan, but the Ahsoka, yeah, and Mandalorian. And 
what was the other Rangers one? Rangers of the, the New Republic. Republic. Yeah. Those three tying together. Of course, with Obi-Wan too, like I will watch that in a heartbeat because of the whole Darth Vader element to it, which you have to have. Now looking back, when you think about Obi-Wan, you have to have that element of Darth Vader involved too. Um, but those three, like Rangers of the New Republic, Ahsoka, and whatever they do with Mandalorian, they've already talked about having at least four to five seasons of The Mandalorian going to happen. So, I mean, that in and of itself is better than any movie that you could give me, I think, at this point. You know, and there's also still the aforementioned, um, they didn't give any updates, so I don't know if they're still happening, but they're still in the mix. They're saying there's a Kevin Feige Star Wars movie coming. Yeah. Um, to theaters. They're saying there's still a Ryan Johnson trilogy, trilogy. of movies coming. Um, they didn't release any more details of that. He did The Last Jedi, obviously, which upon rewatching recently is much better than you remember, um, except for like the whole middle of it. <laughs> right. Um, and then another J.D. Dillard Star Wars movie that's apparently wow. on the, I don't know who that is, but. No, slate. but I, I'm just saying like all of these movies that the, are still out there, they, they haven't released them yet. And it's not like they really needed to. They released so much crap in one day. The Rangers of the New Republic is starring Cara Dune. That sounds great to me. Um, And I really like her in that show. Lando appears to be starring Donald Glover. I'm finding another site with a little more information. Um, And the Acolyte, uh, they didn't really release more. A mystery thriller. I just... I don't know that 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 one makes me a little nervous. Yeah, um, I think it'll be fine. I, I just it doesn't hold my attention at the moment. Right now, all that holds my attention is the whole Mandalorian era type stuff. Yeah, it's just killing it. It is absolutely destroying everything else on TV right now. I just don't know how you can get any better than this. So with that, uh, we got some time left. You want to talk about what we've been watching? Oh, do I ever. I'll talk about two real quick before we get into what I think years are going to take a little longer. Right? I, th- I, I think so. Okay. The first one I've been watching, uh, real quick, on the flight, I watched a movie called Game Night. Star- okay. And it came out a couple years ago. Was this with... Um, Jason Bateman. Jason Bateman, yeah. And, and Rachel McAdams. Is it like a murder Yes. So movie? it is a couple that hosts a game night. And things go awry. Yeah. Um, is it? Is there comedy? In, is it's a comedy. a comedy. It's okay. a comedy. Action comedy. Okay. Kind of action suspense comedy. Yeah. Um, it was fine. I wouldn't run out of my britches. way to watch it if it's on like... I wouldn't drop my britches I wouldn't to watch pay, this. but if some, I watched it free on a Southwest flight. Well, you paid for the flight, so you yeah. paid for the movie. I paid like $40 for that flight round trip. <laughs> I love Southwest. Um, yeah, I literally paid... Like forty five. Southwest is really good. Yeah, it was. It's fine. It is because you can get really cheap flights. If you can't you order on, drinks though right now. No drink service. Do they have drink service on Southwest? Yeah, you can order beer or cocktail. I've never done that. It's I just, never. I do usually either. But I had like six free drink tickets for Southwest flights that expire in March, and they weren't offering them. Who just has random free drink tickets to Southwest? They sent me them either for a screw I, up on one of their flights, like it got moved, so they sent free stuff. Yeah. Or I think just being a rewards member. I know Joe didn't know that Southwest even had alcohol on their flights because I feel like every Southwest flight I've been on has been less than an hour and a half. <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, you got to <laughs> order it, but. Um, 
for fourteen dollars. Oh, finally, my internet starts. Working. We're like, we got an eight ounce bottle of Bud Light for fourteen dollars. <laughs> it's a premium select Bud Light. Yeah, I was once on a flight. Never mind. I'm getting that. <laughs> uh, so game night uh, was fine. It was good. I All right. It. Yeah. Um, the guy that's in it, I think his name is Jesse Plemons, but he was in the Fargo season two. He yeah. kind of looks like Matt Damon. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Is really good in it. He's, is he? He plays like their creepy neighbor who's a cop that just is like really stiff and talks in a certain way. What, what, real quick, like how long is that flight to New Orleans? Hour and a half. It couldn't be very long. It, you probably half. watched that movie and it was done. Yeah, it was a short movie. I'll tell you that because I watched the whole thing. Yeah, that's crazy. I, I didn't figure it'd be very long. Um, so yeah. Second thing I've been watching uh, a lot of, and I, I've talked about this the last couple of weeks because mm-hmm. it's a show that I've been watching at, at, to fall asleep at night, and it's called Shit's Creek. Okay, right? so we, real quick, yes, I started. Amy and I started watching this show, and you know the only reason why I started watching this, and it makes me, it makes me smile that this happened. Like the world came together. Netflix came out with an update to their app, like the streaming service updated their app. And if you go on there and you look at different shows underneath, it gives you a little like description of what the show is. It'll say like thriller or comedy or like slapstick, something like that. But also when you open up the Netflix app and you have multiple accounts, like I do, like we have the boys, Amy, Jerry, uh, like mom and dad, because we have multiple people on our account like anybody does, you know, don't sue me Netflix, but we do. If you look at, so when you get on Jerry, it's fine. I'm a shareholder. Yeah. Oh, good. Thanks. (laughs) So when you get on Jerry underneath, it says, uh, play me something or play something. And it's just like random. it's, It's completely random. So you can select that. And I was like, you know what? I, I had seen it a couple times. I had never done it. I was like, that's stupid. I'm not never going to do that. I can find my own stuff. And Amy and I literally spent on Saturday like an hour just going through different things. Like, I don't know what I want to watch. Like, it didn't really feel like anything. Well, then we just decided, uh, like, I got out of it. I was like, I'm going to hit this play something. We're going to see what happens. So I hit play something. It played episode one, season one, Shit's Creek. And we have been watching it ever since. How far are you in it? I don't know. I'd have to go back home. It's one of those shows you never know where you're at. I I don't know where I'm at. I don't. Uh, We can talk about episodes because I'm pretty sure we've finished the first season. Okay. So Are you on season two? I'm on season four. Oh, Jesus. Out of six. Yeah, you're way ahead of me. So that's why I wanted to bring it up again because this show, like the first season I started out and it's like really funny. Uh, well, I don't. Uh, okay, you know, go. I think, keep keep talking. I, I think it's a very funny show. I like that setup. It it kind of presents itself as a situational comedy in the first season. Yeah, yeah. The first two seasons, though, I found to be fine. Like the kind of thing yeah. that you will watch laying in bed at night when, like you said, when you don't have anything else to watch. But you start to get a little bit more and more and more invested in the characters as it goes on through okay. season two. That's what I was hoping for. Okay. So just recently, I've gotten into season three and now season four. Yeah. And the show changes. And it's often that the first two seasons of shows, they need to get their footing. Yeah. But by season like build. three and four, this sh- show really gets its footing. Um, 
And there's like two more seasons, so I don't know. There's six. Yeah. Yeah. And they're not super long. They're only like, they're like half hour episodes, and they're only like 12 it's, episodes yeah, they're a like season. like 23 minutes. So um, by season three, though, you start to really like, these characters are start out rather unlikable. But as it goes on, the show gets funnier, A, and B, like the characters themselves change. Like they learn and grow as people. And you start to really get invested in okay, them. Okay, this makes me so happy. Because yeah. what I have to say, I, I'm interrupting you. I'm sorry. But I, the f- first few episodes, like the first like th- like two to three episodes, I was like, I kept looking at Amy and I was like, I don't know why we're watching this. I felt the same way. The whole first and, season, in fact. And I Amy too. Way. So Amy is usually always the one that checks out. Boom. Like if it's something she doesn't care about, she checks out right away and is like, this is dumb. Like I'm done. She doesn't usually stay in it as long as I do. I also think a lot of things are funny that Amy doesn't, right? It was the opposite with this show. Amy was like, I don't know about this. I was like, yeah, me either. I was being serious. Amy was more like, I'm kind of curious about this show. And she just kept playing it. She was the one who kept playing it. And I would just keep watching with her and watching. And eventually we found ourselves like laughing out loud, hysterically laughing out loud at certain things that were happening. And then all of a sudden, and this is just in the first season because we just finished the first season. I know we've done with the first season and, and just started the second last night. But it was like we did feel more attached to the characters and... It was funny, but I still am to the point where I just don't know where this show can go. I honestly have no idea where they can lead this show in a direction to where it's going to put me to the place where you're at right now. It and will. I want I want to go on that journey. I'm so excited for it because I'm I'm in the bag. I don't remember if it's season three or season four, but I think it's season four. Um, so season two is going to be a lot of the first season. Yes, again. season okay. two, again, is going to be a lot of that. But and luckily, not, it's pretty quick. That's it's, not bad. It's still funny as like a shut your brain off and funny. But it's not. I like that it's not like other situational comedies. It's not like corny. It's shot like a, a movie. Almost. You yeah, know, it's shot it is. Absolutely. Different. And the acting is tremendous. Very good. Like across the board. I'm not against. Um, uh, what's his name? Dan Levy. Is it like a. David's character, David. Yeah, character. David. Like I, you, you had told me to begin with. You're like not a fan of his character. Changes. Honestly, I don't mind him right now. Changes I, a, a, a lot. Really? All the characters change so much. That's what's so interesting. They really are like telling a story about yeah. these. Like it's not just. It's very good. It's writing. not just like a hey, we have this hilarious setup, so we're just gonna pour jokes in. Season after season after season, like home improvement. You know what I mean? Right, Put people in different situations. There's actual development. There's character character development development and growth. I'm not a big fan of the mom's character right now at all. And she starts to grow on you more, too, because she's very unlikable at first. Very. But Well, they all are to a certain extent. But all of their characters start growing as people. Okay. And they're lovable, and you fall in love with them. Which... As people. Honestly, now that I look at it as a big picture, you would assume that should happen because of the situation they're in, because of the they're people they're around. People, yeah. Yeah. They're actually learning what it is to be a real person. Yeah. Because they were so removed from society to begin with 
that being thrown into the situation they're in, the only way they can survive is by changing. Right? Okay. So now that I'm in three or four, I can't remember if it's season three or four. All okay. right. The, the show changes again to from a situational comedy to a literally almost more of a drama. With oh, lots of with, with lots of with lots of still really funny and the humor never it just gets better. Yeah, it never ends. But I'm sure they add the drama element to it, and then it turns into like a and there's a lot of different. There's like love. Sto- there's a love story. Two of them significant. I like this. There is like three moments. I, maybe I'm ridiculous human being. No, you're not. There are three or four moments in this last season that I just watched that I literally teared up. I love that. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, I love that. Um, I really do. I that makes me so much more excited about this show because at first, again, like I said, when I first started watching this, I was like, "Chris is absolutely ridiculous." Because I told Amy, I was like, "Chris told me he was watching this show." Uh, But I told you, uh, to be fair, I told you it was a dumb thing I watched to go to bed to. You did. I didn't say like I didn't go whole hog into this. No, no, no. I'm just saying like all I told Amy was like. Chris told me he was watching the show, said it was relatively enjoyable. And so that when we started watching it, I gave that to Amy as like a, you know, an epilogue, like a precursor to us watching the show. And then it was like we were watching. I was like, he couldn't have he could not have been paying attention to this show. (laughs) Well, this is ridiculous right now. To be honest, the first two seasons, I really didn't. I'd fall asleep. I'd skip an episode here or there. I I would go back and and miss stuff. Like, I I didn't see everything. And I'll tell you, the first season, um, there are episodes that are very forgettable. There are episodes where we were like, that was... Like just last night, we watched probably six episodes in a row after the boys went to bed. And we looked at each other with a couple of them like, oh yeah there's full episodes where i'd walk out of the room and like make dinner for the kids and walk in and And the good two episodes later and the good part about this is that they are only 23 minutes long something like that and it's the next show is just fine without you having known anything that happened right it's just fine it's not that it's not a continuous story it is in certain well it is more later but the first season is easy to just forget about episodes. It doesn't make a difference. So I did really like that. Um, so, I mean, I, not really a spoiler, kind of a spoiler. There's a love story with David. Okay. Um, that is really good. We've been wondering for a long time if he's gay. So he's um, pansexual. Okay. He we, says it in the show. Amy was searching it on Google like she was literally asking Google if it was if he was gay or not, and I don't know if she got an answer. She never but, told me. I mean, yeah, he's gay, but he is. He he also has relationships with women in the show too. Yeah, it makes complete sense to for his him. character. Yeah, yeah, he does. Um, but you'll see later the relationship he gets into, and it's it's just really good, oh, like heart heartwarming, especially later on. And then Alexis, who is probably has the most character growth of any character on the show. Really, completely has a really great arc and a good love story as well. I knew there had to be something about this show because it had six seasons and it was winning so many awards. And I keep telling that to Amy. And like I said, she was more involved with it right away than I was. And I kept saying like, it's winning awards. Like people are talking about it a lot. It has to be relatively good. Here's what I'll say. There's not a lot of other stuff, new stuff out right now to be watching. That's like this one. Or just really, I mean, I haven't, I've been searching around. I've been, I've been waiting to watch the one that David recommended. 
Only because I think Marley would enjoy it, so I'll watch it with her. Which one's that? Oh, he recommended it. it Godless? A, yeah, Godless. Yeah. And it, it lo- feels a little heavier than what I want to watch right oh, now. Oh, it's very... It, I started that first season of it, and I got through... The, I like, think there's only one season. It's a limited run. Oh, it's really? It's like a miniseries. Okay. Well, I've seen at least three or four episodes of that, but it was a long time ago, and I don't really remember them. So I'm going to watch that, and there's a couple other series that are on my radar... Like, there's a couple HBO series that I really want to watch. There's, like, an alien one that's uh, Raised by Wolves that's getting, like, big accolades. And that looks wild. I really want to watch that. And, you know, I really want to watch the Lovecraft Country. So there's a bunch of stuff, but all those things, I haven't had a lot of time recently. Yeah. And, I, you know, that's not necessarily when, when I put on at 9 o'clock at night and watch an episode before bed. Right. You know, and Schitt's Creek is really easy to watch that and do it is but now that i've gotten later in these seasons and i'm more invested in these characters i'm telling you i'm in well i have to be and this last Uh, season i'm (laughs) it's really good i have to be involved so that's all i've gotten other than mandalorian oh no one other quick thing i started watching marvel 616 on disney plus which is a marvel comics documentary series Hmm. um i only watched the first episode and it was about the japanese spider-man it's a documentary literally of Marvel at one time sold the rights, television rights for Spider-Man in Japan, and they made a Japanese Spider-Man series that is completely different than Spider-Man from the U.S. He's got the same costume, and they're just talking about like how the ridiculousness of how this happened and how nobody knows about it because it happened only in Japan, and it was it was interesting. So I'm going to keep watching that series. It's very well done. Jerry, you would enjoy it. Okay, I'll watch it. Um, as a documentary. It's called which is what? Marvel 616? Marvel 616, I think. Which is a great, another thing that I like to watch at night because you don't really have to right. invest a lot. Erica Fry said, you, David. Yeah. <laughs> well, they all say, like, you. Like yeah. A lot. Ew. Um, so I'm curious what other people think about that show. I know, like, several other people that are really into it, but I don't hear a lot of other people talk about it. And I think a lot of people don't get past the first two seasons. The first two seasons are very kind of generic situational comedy. And then they are. It, you got to get the three and four and the character development. It's like they changed the show. And I don't know if that was on purpose or Yeah, maybe you just but it is what it is. I'm in the bag for it. Um, we have another comment from Dan Bennett. He's an employee that works with me. Um, he also, I have a Christmas card for you from him. Oh, nice. By the way, he gave us Christmas cards. So thanks, Dan. Um, he sent me uh, a text. With, and by the way, I spent the weekend with Erica. I know. I saw pictures. We had a great time. Her and I had conversations while you were holding court, she said. She sent me. I don't know why she said that because I was not doing anything. <laughs> you don't know. You didn't look at your phone. You had no idea what was going on. She said, Chris is holding court. And I said, oh, I said, I have that about once a week. She said, I pay a subscription to Patreon to hear him hold court. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And Ben uh, commented, Leo Pardon. That was from that episode. Um, In the Japanese version of Mm Spider-Man, they, of course, have to have a giant transforming robot. (laughs) Yes, obviously. (laughs) That Spider-Man is fighting. It's an interesting show. Check it out. People, if you like uh, comics, comic books. What was that on? It's on Disney Plus. Okay. I'll have to check it's that out. It's extremely sure. well done. So the next thing I watched, uh, just to move ahead a little bit, real quick, was a movie that came out on Netflix this last, or it says September. I thought it came out this last week, but it just popped up on my Netflix anyways as a big movie. 
It's with Jessica Chastain as the main character, Ava. And it's a movie called Ava. Okay. And uh, it's, I'll give you a real quick description. Ava is a deadly assassin who works for a black ops organization traveling the the globe, specializing in high-profile hits. When a job goes dangerously wrong, she is forced to fight for her own survival. That is it. That's the movie. Um, It's fine. So it's kind of like the Charlize Theron, um, what uh, what was that one? The Beast on the Comic? Um, oh, uh, that was fine. Yes, but not as good as the comic. The comic book is phenomenal, but that movie was not good. This movie, The Old Guard. Sorry, yeah, go ahead. Not good. It's got a. I'm not a huge Jessica Chastain fan, to be honest. So it's it's got a 5.3 out of 10 rating on IMDb, and I watched it. It it fell very flat. So it starts out at a certain point. The action, she does very good with the action, the fighting, that kind of stuff. She's an assassin. You know, there's a lot of killing and fighting involved. That kind of stuff is very good. It's very high-level type action stuff. I enjoy that. The story is very flat. It doesn't... It feels exactly like the old guard to me. Yeah. Because that's exactly how that played to me. I, I agree. It, it's exactly how like, it is. Unbelievably awesome action sequences but, with very thin plot. Yeah, it just doesn't go anywhere. I mean, you know exactly what's going to happen from the start of the movie and it plays out exactly how you would assume it was going to play out and it goes nowhere. It ends boring. It just isn't something that I would ever suggest to watch. And I feel like this is exactly what Netflix is doing with all of their action movies is that they've came up with an idea and that's it. They've came up with that idea, wrote a very short script, and said, all right, we're just going to do that. And that's the movie. It's like an hour and 30 minutes long. And there's You find nothing out about characters. There's no development. There's nothing. It's just like this one character that's an assassin and fights people, and then people die, and then it's over. Yeah. That's it. It's so aggravating to me because I want a good action movie. I thought this would be good with a lead female that was going to have some sort of like deeper meaning. There's just nothing. There's just nothing to it. It's, don't watch this movie is what I'm saying. <laughs> okay. So if you see it and it pops up and you're like, man, this looks interesting. It's not interesting. It's exactly what the trailer, like that three minute trailer, the overly long trailers that Netflix plays you. That's the movie. Right. <laughs> if you watch that, you've got the whole thing and it's done. Yeah. Next one. By the way, Erica said she didn't mean she wasn't meaning drunk when she said I was holding court. She she meant telling stories. See, this is where it oh, gets I didn't think he was drunk. A little hairy because that's what I'm saying. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> so I must have been pretty drunk. No, and I didn't take it as that you were drunk. I took it as like you being you, like yeah. holding court, like we like telling right. stories, like we do now. I I you know I was probably being a little on the grandiose side. I felt that's very good. charismatic this weekend. As long as you pumped up <laughs> Snarf Talk, that's all we needed to have. I put. I might have put some st- stickers around the town. You should have. I might. I brought a package. I might have slapped a couple around Bourbon Street. That's very good. You should do that. <laughs> yeah, I, Everywhere we go, I we have do to do that. Um, it might be on the side of some bathroom stalls in some 
dingy, dingy bars. Perfect. That's, those are the people <laughs> we want to reach, Chris. I want the dingy people on Bourbon Street to listen to this show because yeah. I think they will enjoy it. The next one you haven't seen yet, I don't think, Mulan. I did. I saw oh, Mulan. You, yeah. you watched Mulan? I thought we talked about it. No? I don't remember ever talking. Okay. I haven't seen it until just recently. I did watch Mulan, yes. Um, my take on this, I don't know if you remember it, is that it's not the same as the cartoon. Well, it's not at all. At all. So it has... But, the, which is fine, because I wasn't actually a huge fan of the cartoon. It has the basic plot of the cartoon, but the story is completely different. And I like the aspect of it being like a martial arts type movie mm-hmm. where they have certain abilities and they, and she has to focus her chi and she has a better chi than other people and, or she's more focused in it and can harness her chi better than others. But it also kind of fell flat for the, me. The story feels, it falls a little flat, I believe as well. Uh, I think I said that when I originally talked about it. It's an enjoyable movie to watch. It's fine. It's it, not super memorable. It was enjoyable. Like we're talking about it now. I probably watched it a couple of months ago. I don't have a strong recollection of uh, everything. So she's clearly a woman the entire time. Right. It's aggravating to me. I know it's a movie. And I know that in the cartoon, like nobody believed that, or like everybody believed she was a man and that that's the story. But she's just very clearly a woman in this movie. And I just felt like they could have made her look more like a man to hide that aspect. Um, yeah, you could suspend your disbelief a little bit. Yes, to a point. But I don't know. It just, the story didn't go anywhere for me. Um, I didn't necessarily like the adding of the witch aspect to it. I just didn't know why that was necessary because it seems like she's going to play a larger part than what she does. Right. And then at the end, like, I mean, that's what I'm no... thinking about right now. I barely remember that aspect of it. So, so, so there's a whole witch. Yeah, I remember that, but and I then remember it playing a big part in things. They have like a fight. Once the big fight happens, um, they have a fight and then it just doesn't like go anywhere. It just Mulan does her Mulan thing, but it just doesn't go anywhere. I thought the cartoon was better than what the live action was. I like the live action. Like I said, for the martial arts aspect and how they played it as like, you know, crouching tiger, hidden dragon, where yeah. they're jumping around and doing that kind of I stuff. See, I thought they that could have went fun. a little more with that. You know what I mean? I thought, I thought they were going to give us more of that. I did too. And which they is didn't. what I would have enjoyed more. Um, I, like I said, I thought it was good. It's worth watching. It's not super memorable. It's a good family film to watch with older I children, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and I like the aspect of, you know, a female heroine sure. doing that, which isn't uncommon in those kind of Asian movies. So no, not at all. Um, yeah, you. I mean, if you're watching it because you want to watch it as that type of a movie, then just go watch Crouching Tiger or House of Flying Daggers or mm-hmm. Hero. You're going to get a lot more out of those movies. If you're watching it to be Mulan the cartoon, it's not that either. It's just kind of its own thing. And well, and so that's maybe where I was disappointed because I did enjoy the Mulan cartoon movie. I, I always have. I would rather really watch good. this than the cartoon movie, I'll tell you that. To be honest, though... I, I, I wouldn't necessarily. I love musicals. And at first I was like, yeah, I'm glad they're not doing any music. 
like they did in the original movie. I'm glad they aren't doing any singing. To be honest, I, after I watched it, I was like, man, I really wish they would have sang in certain parts. Yeah. Okay. I, I did. I, because it just did fall so flat. There was just nothing to it other than that base story that wasn't the same as what I expected. I knew they were going to change it a little bit. I just felt like they changed it a lot a bit. And looks good. Yeah. But other than that, it's not what I expected. Really isn't kind of disappointed. Okay, there you go. Um, let's see, what else? I got more. We're going to be uh, way over our time limit. That's fine. We're an hour and 51 minutes. Yeah, we got to talk plan. about Mandalorian still. That's true. Uh, let's see, Star Wars Rebels. I'm still watching that. I'm continuing that. I'm in uh, third or fourth season. I'm Can't excited that which. people are listening to us now and watching that. Ian mentioned it earlier. I'm excited that people, my mom even said she's, gonna start watching it because of how how we've talked how i've spoke of it yeah um if you're listening to this podcast at all and you enjoy star wars you need to watch this you really do period i mean i'm involved with all of this like this podcast i've been involved with star wars for a long time and i wasn't I, i wasn't indulging in a lot of these cartoon shows and i have been i've kicked myself so hard lately because they are the best thing to happen to Star Wars ever. Ever. It expands. I mean, since the creation of Star Wars. Except for maybe books. The books. Well, right. But in, since the creation of the trilogy, these shows have basically transformed the story of Star Wars. They have made it a cohesive story and, between all characters. And made it a universe. Yes. Which has been done in comics and books. Sure it has, but... But for, not... I mean, the Mandalorian's helping with that, too. It's just, when you make stuff for TV... Yeah. ...where you can form connections with characters that are deep and meaningful... Yeah. ...it changes a piece of entertainment into a universe that you can immerse yourself into. And if you're interested in immersing yourself into the Star Wars universe, the, this, these are your options. Right. Folks, I mean, you could rewatch these movies over and over again and say, yeah, I like the movies because I liked them when I was 12. But the reality is, if you want to expand it to something that gives perspective to you, then you need to read the books and you need to watch these shows. Right. You really do. And you really don't even need to. I mean, you don't need to read the books if you don't want to. But these shows will help give you an experience that I think is going to be drawn on for the next 10 years and as we see with what's coming for well, Star Wars. Well, that's what I was just going to say. For what we've just talked about Star Wars going into in the future for live action and the shows that Disney Plus are doing, if you haven't watched Rebels or The Clone Wars, you're going to be behind. Then that's what I've been saying for years because there's people that are hardcore Star Wars fans that haven't seen these things that are really, and I wouldn't say that they're not fans because they haven't watched these things. They're hardcore fans of it. And when I say Ahsoka Tano is my favorite character in Star Wars. That was me. Uh, people go, okay. You no, know that, I mean? that, that was me. I, I had a, an encyclopedia of Star Wars. I could tell you everything about every animal or anything that's happened in any movie, right? But I didn't know the base plot of what was going on after like Return of the Jedi or like even like during those movies, everything that happened with Anakin and 
like all of the stuff with Ahsoka and Anakin and like the wars in between there and the dynamic between these characters, it changes the way you look at Star Wars completely. You can watch the trilogy, you can watch the prequels and like those for the movies they are, but you will not get the same story of those movies until you watch these cartoons. I know they're cartoons and that's a hard part for people to get over, but until you watch those, it it will change the story for you and I had the first I had my first realization of that over the last week because I've watched all of those shows now and I, I haven't finished Rebels, I haven't finished all of it and I'm still a little bit behind, but I started watching um all of the Star Wars with Grady. So Grady, my oldest son, he's eight. He finally came to the realization, like, I need to watch these shows. I've been hammering it in his head for a long time, and he never wanted to do it. But finally, he sat down and started watching these shows. And we started with episode one, and then two, and then three. And Amy was on board with this, too, because for some reason, she completely forgot that she'd ever seen Clone Wars and Revenge of the Sith. She acted like she'd never seen them before. We've watched them before. But I was like, well, I guess we'll have to watch them over again. So we did, and Grady was involved. We go through those three, and then last Tuesday, when you said you were available to record, and the whole reason we're recording tonight was because I originally said, nope, I can't. And it was because we just started. I had literally just started playing A New Hope, and Grady sat down, and we were watching A New Hope. We were like 30 minutes into it. And I was like, I can't. I can't leave. I, ha- I have to watch this with you. And I want, because we were in the middle of this, and I was like, no, I'm watching A New Hope, and we're going to do this. So we watched New Hope, and he loved it. And then Empire Strikes Back is coming up, and I was like, I, gosh dang it, I cannot wait for you, kid, to watch Empire Strikes Back. We watch all of Empire Strikes Back, and here's what gets, you talk about like that show that teared you up. These shows have have teared me up many times in my life, but nothing more than watching my kid sit there and see for the first time. And it sounds goofy when you say like Darth Vader says, I'm your dad, but his face, like watching the reaction of him find out that Darth Vader was Luke Skywalker's dad. He already knew to a point because he was watching the first three, but I don't think he really got it. He didn't really understand like Anakin had babies with uh, Padme and like the kids went different places. It's hard to, he, he didn't really get that. And I didn't throughout every single movie. He asked me 1500 questions. What's who is that? What are they doing? Where, what does that mean? And I didn't give him a lot of information and he got so frustrated with me but the whole reason I didn't give him a lot of information was because I wanted him to have that payoff with the next three movies that were coming. So then he finds out, he's like, Darth Vader was Luke's dad. And then he's like, wait, that, that was Anakin. I said, yes, it was. And he's like, but Anakin had those kids. He's like, what was that lady's name? Like the, the princess lady, and she died having those babies? I said, that was Padme. I was like, that was Anakin's, or I said, that was Luke's mom. He's like, but they had another kid. I was like, they did. He's like, well, who was that? I said, you'll find out. And he's like, what the heck? It's like, all right. So then we watch Return of the Jedi. And in Return of the Jedi, when they 
come to the realization like that they're brother and sister. So the conversation between Obi-Wan and Luke, and so Luke already knows because Yoda dies, right? And when Yoda dies, he says, there is another Skywalker. And Grady looked at me right away. He's like, he's like, did he say there's another Skywalker? And he said, yeah, there's another Skywalker. He's like, that's the other baby. I said, it is the other baby. And so then the movie continues, and then Obi-Wan says, your sister. And Grady looks at me again, and I'm sitting there, and then Luke literally says in the conversation, he says, Leia. And Grady's face gets like huge. He starts smiling. He's like, Luke and Leia are brother and sister. He's like, Dad, Luke and Leia are brother and sister. I said, I know, dude. And I was like so ecstatic. Amy was on call and I'm texting her. I was like, Grady just found out Luke and Leia are brother and sister. And I'm texting her. It was the greatest thing I've seen in a long time. It made all of those movies so much better for me to see that, that like that moment happen for somebody. Like I witnessed it for myself, but watching a kid do that. Oh my gosh. It was the greatest. I mean, the, the movies are for kids. I know. You know what I mean? I and know. I like, uh, Mark Bernardin said that once, and we both heard it. And we, yep. It pissed us both off. We're it like, did. And then it's not wrong, and it's not wrong that there are four kids and adults love and them. And adult, yeah. It's, that's fine. I like Pixar movies. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it, it was just such a different experience for me to see it, like, through his eyes, right? Like, I already knew what was coming. I knew everything that was going to happen. But watching him experience that for the first time is something that I can't explain. It was so great to see because it now has opened a world for him um, that was opened for me a long time ago, like through my brother, you know, and it it's just very fun. I enjoyed it. And now it brought me to a point, though, where so we were we finished on Return of the Jedi and I don't know how comfortable I am with him watching the next three movies because it's not the same. It's not the same story. And that bothers me. Yeah. It's, we're going to watch them. He's already asked about them. I was like, yeah, there's another three movies. I said, Luke is going to be involved. And he knows that. But I also told him, I was like, but, you know, it's not, it's not like a direct continuation. It, they're different. I was like, there's different main characters. It, it's just going to be different. I was like, but you will watch them and you can see for yourself, you know? The good part is Kylo Ren and Rey are good characters. They are. They're solid Star Wars characters. Yeah. They might have problems here and there, but they are solid. So there's some, there's some stuff in there that's worth, you know, I mean, we're going to watch them. I, I just personally had the feeling of like, huh, now we got to go to these next three. And it felt so much different for me. I was so in the bag for all three of those movies when they came out. And even after they came out, I was like, yeah, these are Star Wars movies. But now I really do have a different perspective seeing it like on the outside, like with somebody that's coming into it fresh, that's so close to me, obviously. I think about what he's going to have to go through with those next three movies. And I'm like, man, don't know if they're Just worth it. Just start over Clone Wars and start over Rebels and watch them with him. Right. Because that's another thing. Those two series make the original trilogy specifically 
so much better. Right, and that's what I was saying earlier. They like really it, do. They they enrich that significant. Well, Clone Wars enriches the original trilogy significantly. Yeah, because you know of what is happening at the exact same time. Like while Anakin is off fighting and doing whatever Anakin's doing, even when he's killing all the children at the uh, uh, Jedi Temple. Yeah, the Jedi Temple. Like you know what's happening on Ahsoka's side of things. Yeah, and when she realizes like what he's doing and when she feels that and then also but then the rebels is completely almost different in a way they ties the two together well but it's almost like that's like the new direction right and it's like a new direction that gives the universe a lot more depth outside of clone wars is very much inside Mm -hmm. of the movie universe rebels very much expands outside of that universe more into this Mandalorian based universe that we're in now. Now there is a lot that ties directly into the original trilogy since rebels is a prequel to it essentially. Um, but you know, that's, I, I don't know where you are in rebels, but, um, the last two seasons are the best. So yeah, I'm not there yet. So that's all I wanted to talk about. That's what I was doing over the last week. Incredibly enjoyable, more enjoyable than I could have, ex- like could have, envisioned i've been waiting for one of my kids to be so involved with star wars it was better than i expected yes do we want to get into mandalorian since we're over time we might as well we're only four minutes over we can talk about okay it there'll be some spoilers in this um we haven't talked about the last two episodes right so oh, the yeah, last one we right. talked about was the ahsoka episode which um, we enjoyed yes um the one after that was where uh, Grogu, so that's what Baby Yoda's name is, is Grogu. He, they take him to uh, this rock. Basically, it's a, it's a point for seer stone on top of the temp- on top of a temple. Yeah, they take him to a temple, and the Mandalorian sets him on top of this rock and a seer stone, and then he thinks like some magic is going to happen. He keeps saying like, "Go ahead, kid, like, do your thing." start it now and then he goes because he sees slave one boba fett's it's just so awesome seeing that ship i know so slave one comes flying in and he sees slave one he's like hang on kid i I gotta do something and then he's over there like zooming in with his binoculars on what's going on with slave one he turns around and then baby yoda grogu is basically in the middle of this tube this blue light tube of him sending out a signal um to any other jedi in the area and that's what he's doing is sitting there basically in a meditation sending out a signal right or trying to connect to somebody in the jedi it with the force like that he could talk to hopefully luke hopefully luke (laughs) um so then the mandalorian comes in and tries to like grab him up he's like we gotta go because there's other people here he tries to get in with that force field and it basically throws him away and doesn't allow him to and then he realizes all right i'm trapped here and i have to deal with the people that have just landed which is boba fett (laughs) and and fett yeah and uh i can't remember the name of her character but ming na wen who's like one of my favorite actresses and i love her in this show yeah back um and I didn't think there was a possible way. I 
felt like I was going to be disappointed at, at some point in this season when <laughs> Boba Fett came yeah, back. You assume that. And I was not disappointed. You can't be. This, uh, that was, to this point, I believe the best episode of the season. I completely agree. The action is incredible, first off. Um, the addition of these extra characters into sort of a collective group now. Yep. Uh, working together is incredible. Um, and it, the taking, uh, and then of course, spoilers of course, but uh, Baby Yoda or Grogu or whatever yeah. gets abducted then. Right. And there's, just, there's, there's lots, a lot of intrigue there because you yes. get to see some of the dark troopers and you get to see that kind of stuff. Um, and it just, this feels like this is like the start of the season. It really does. And it's, and it's the it's, end, unfortunately. And it's literally the end. So there's... So we've seen. We're going to talk about the last two episodes. There's only one There's more one left more. after that. Um, Hopefully, it's like three and a half hours long. Oh gosh, I hope so. <laughs> so that's that episode. Uh, Boba Fett comes back with Ming Na Wen's character. They fight a bunch of stormtroopers and try to keep them away. And then next thing you know, they're coming down, taking Baby Yoda, and then Slave One drives up, like flying up in the sky because um, the Razor Crest ship that the Mandalorian has been on the entire two seasons so far. She done is exploded. Yeah. There's, it's basically like a star destroyer. I think it is a star destroyer. It's a ship smaller than that. Yeah. It kind of looked like the dreadnought from last Jedi, but it's it not did. that big. So it's, it's a smaller ship, but it's similarly shaped and they shoot it beam down, blows up the razor crest. It's gone. Uh, slave one drives up to try to see where those, uh, what were they called? You already said it. Dark Troopers. Dark Troopers were taking uh, Baby Yoda, and he gets up right by that ship, and he's like, apparently the Empire's back. He's like, Empire's here. And then they come back, he picks up the other two, and then we get into the next episode. Yeah, so uh, at that point, that was like the best episode, I think, of the season, even though I love Ahsoka. And I like the episode before that because of the brilliance of how it looked and yeah. how it was filmed, and I like the samurai aspect of it. Um, it's just it was, every episode is one upping the next. Yeah, that one was like a li- little bit light on plot, um, which is dumb to say because of the huge revelations with uh, Thrawn and all these <laughs> right. things. But but really, when you compare them, they're all kind of light on plot, right? They are so to a point. To a point, because they can't have an overarching plot for every episode. Right. There's well, one for I mean, the, the could, series, but they're doing it in a way. They're doing it on purpose. Which is at times can't a little bit it's, frustrating, right? But and the, I was that way in the beginning of the season. The problem is, and, and it's not the problem. Okay, they're they're very they're formulaic in the aspect of uh, we need the most unbelievable visual aspects you've ever seen in anything. Yeah, we need check check that box, <laughs> and then we need like the recap from the what happened the week before. Yep, check. Then check. we need incredible action sequence, and then we need like incredible fight scene, and then we need. The teaser at the end. Those are like the four boxes right. every episode. The, checks. the continuation for the next episode, and the, those continuations, and then previous brings in the the plot elements are very small, and they're bookended at the ends yep. of these episodes. And the middle is all this ex uh, fight fighting. I mean, visual stuff. Right. Uh, well, not in all the episodes, but in a lot of them. So in the beginning, it was hard for me to understand that. Um, like that sequence, right? So for a while, I was like. I would get frustrated with certain episodes and I was just like, 
why are they doing this? Like, I don't understand. Like, this isn't continuing the story. I don't know where they're going, but it did continue the story. Yeah. It's just that I was frustrated in the middle part because of what was going on. And then at the end of the episode, it continued the story. And then the next show, it continued the story. And then they had a fight thing or whatever was going on. And then at the end of the episode, it continued the story. Right. And now it's got to a point where it's like, I don't want it any other way. Yeah, like they exactly. knew what they were doing. And it works perfectly in engaging you. Yes. It, and I've been so engaged, regardless of it being negative or positive, it's always been overarchingly positive, but I was also frustrated, like you said. like At certain points, I was frustrated because I didn't think they were giving me what I wanted. And they're short. They're short episodes. But I didn't know what I wanted. Yeah. <laughs> so and then, then comes the, the most recent episode, um, which again, I think is maybe my favorite episode of the season. Um, yeah. Boba Fett comes out with a brand new set of armor. First of all, did you look at his armor? It's not brand new. Um, it's, it's polished. It's polished and clean, but you'll notice there's a dent on his helmet. No, I did. Yeah, that is the same dent that he had in the original trilogy. So it's the same armor, just fixed, right? Cleaned, polished. That's what it is. It's like cleaned up because he got it back from the Mandalorian in the previous episode. And, and I think it was pretty beat up when they got it back from Timothy Olyphant. Very beat up. Yeah, they like repainted it. Yeah, it's been repaired. Um, it looks so good. It looks great. It. It doesn't look as good as cool as the Mandalorian's armor, which no, but it's not supposed not meant to be. be. Yeah, that's it's... fine. Or even Bo-Katan's armor was really sweet. They're all different. Yeah. It's fine. I love this lap- last episode because of I think Bill Burr's amazing in the show. Amazing. Um, boy, he's gonna have a big acting career after this. I completely agree, especially when they're in the like when they actually get into the. The mining outfit or whatever, like the the main house, and he's sitting there. Well, I'm I'm skipping ahead. Yeah, we don't have to play by play it exactly, but the visuals of the episode are amazing. And again, it starts with let's recap the last thing. We're going to get this guy. We got to go to this thing. We got to get our MacGuffin. Whatever. Yeah, that's fine. We land on this mining colony, and then they're teasing little aspects of like. This is what I liked about this. The little teasing aspects of this is what happens. All of these people get subjugated, whether it's the Republic, whether they see, there are no real good guys. No, there isn't. So like Bill Burr's character was an Imperial trooper before this. And the whole reason they need him is because he can get these certain codes or whatever they need um, from the Empire, right? And he's the only one that they know personally that could do this. So they they get him out of jail. He's going to go get these codes for him. But everything that's happened in the universe is happening to each individual person, regardless of what side you've been on. Yeah. Like you're all suffering the same consequence. Yeah. And that's awesome. It's like a libertarian's dream, this show. <laughs> right. <laughs> no joke. That's really what it is. And then they it's like the ultimate thing for like against strong central governments. So there's fighting involved. They eventually get into this the main uh place that they need to get into to get these codes. But they sit down at a table. Well, before that, the okay. whole fight scene on top of that, whatever that awesome vehicle was. Yeah, some <laughs> yes, whatever it was. That whole sequence was awesome. It was. There was pirates trying to take this. And the reality metal. is they're not they're not pirates. No, it's the they're people freedom that own, fighters. Yeah, the people that own that country or like live on that country. Which makes you think of the juxtaposition 
of them having to kill off these freedom fighters who they would normally be supporting. Yes. Because and, they're good people. But he calls them pirates. Because he's got to justify it to himself. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's like, pirates? Yeah. and Or they just did that because they couldn't figure out exactly how to make it work. But by the, the very fact that they're trying to blow them up means they're not pirates. Right. They're not trying to steal what you have. They're trying to blow up what you're taking. Right. And they're from that planet. Like, you're the ones that are invading the planet and taking their natural resources. Right. So, yeah. So, no, and it's, it's a bit MacGuffin-y through that whole point. Like, we can't go too bouncy because this is going to explode. Like, it all it all plays like, yeah. of course, yes. But it's right. so easy to ignore because the fighting is amazing when the Mandalorian's on top. Right. And he's got to take off his armor. By himself. And then I like the whole aspect with him and Bill Burr and the exploration of, like, is anything that you know to be true, true? And so he and he said to the Mandalorian, so the and and Amy honestly looked at me and said, Well, that's that's very true. Um, so the Mandalorian has never revealed his face to another living person, right? Because that's part of his creed. He's not allowed to do that. And Bill Burr brings up in the exact same episode, he's like, he's like, Have you never I, I can't remember exactly how he said it? He's like, Do you not take your helmet off ever? Or do you not just take it off when people are around? He's like, because that's a different. There's a difference there. He's like, is the creed that you have to keep your helmet on all the time because that's what you have to do, or do you just you just can't look at other people? Yeah. And I was like, well, yeah, like that's like he just can't have other people look at him. I guess he doesn't know. That's the point. Exactly. He doesn't know, and it's a kind of a comment on religion in a way because it's like. Are, what are the he, rules? He didn't know. What are the rules? He didn't answer. You say this is the rule, but then you do this. And you say this is a thing, but when it's convenient, that's a thing. Like, it's kind of a, it's kind of a universal and that, question. And right? that was the point he made. Like, when it's convenient, do you do this thing? Or when or, it's right? Or when it's right. Yeah. Or when it's wrong. I mean, you know, when it's important. You know? Yeah. So anyway, or when people are watching, right? And I think it was—I thought that was interesting, that's, and it was definitely a setup. I mean, that's the emotional payoff of the show. They absolutely. they set it up in this episode right there, and then they have their scene in um, a very uh, kind of reminiscent mm-hmm. of Quentin Tarantino, Glorious Bastards type of scene. Yeah. And obviously there's a I lot. I didn't put that together. There's a lot. Right. Well, I mean, there's a lot that goes on in that scene with obviously with him taking his helmet off. It, it makes no sense that Bill Bird wouldn't go in in the first place because then he comes in later. But correct. Regardless, he had to. It was somewhat infuriating at the time when he he gets in there and he's like, oh, I, I served under that guy. He's going to know me. You're going to have to go in there. And then he comes back later. Yeah. And like but literally I, sits down in front of the guy. He did have to. And he. And he was saving his friend, yeah. like at the time. But I'm so glad he came back in, yeah, and sat down and had that conversation. So um, it was an intense conversation. It was the best dialogue that has been in this show to date. Yeah, I can't get over this scene. It is the best scene that's happened. So anyway, the Mandalorian goes in there, takes his helmet off, gets the codes, whatever, and then this captain or uh, an officer of the Empire was in there that Bill Burr had served under and is questioning the Mandalorian, asking him questions like didn't know where he was from, like what he was doing, all these kind of things. 
Bill Burr's character comes in and tries to alleviate those questions and answer them for him because the Mandalorian guy doesn't know what to say, you know, and Bill Burr was part of the empire before has the answers. He starts answering these questions and it ends up being very good. And the, the officer was like, let's have a drink. So he takes him over to a, like a table. They start having drinks together and Bill Burr sits there and basically interrogates him about where they were in past battles. So like, he was part of the Empire, right? And they were fighting in battles on different planets, and they were killing people, and they were doing things like we think of war now, and they were talking about war stories, you know? And I loved it. it I loved that. And then he says, you know, like, yeah, but were we, you know, weren't really helping anybody, you know, killing a lot of people, and these people didn't have any choice, and we forced this on them. And then the officer was on the opposite side and said, like, well, yeah, but we expanded the empire and doing all these things. First of all, that conversation would have never happened between that level of superior officer and an underling because it was very, uh, I think they could have maybe done it in a way that was less, uh, where Bill Burr's character was less in your face to that officer. But regardless, it's I agree with that, but either way, like, even me being like a military person, I didn't think of that. I, all I thought of was like the intensity of the situation and like the conversations they were having about the, the same fight that the, they, they were literally in the same skirmish, the same war, like the same time. And one guy thought of it a different way because he's so dedicated to the empire. And the other guy thought of it as a human and thought of how ridiculous it was. And then, Bill Burr's character, you could see like the anger on his face about all of it. Well, and that started coming back when the officer was kind of highlighting the issue of like, this is all purposeful, right? Right. We're sowing discord across the galaxy. We are basically acting as terrorists. Yeah. So the people have to run back to us for protection. Like it's all in the shadows. Yeah. But, but he also played it off as like, we're helping them. And, yeah. I think it was more but, like this is how we get control by sowing fear. But Bill Burr's character kept saying, "Like, really? Like, you think we we did good? Like, we, we were doing good things, or like we helped anybody? Or like he was very condescending of everything he was saying, and then eventually it gets to a certain point where he can't take it anymore, right?" And decides to, spoilers, shoot him. Yeah. Across the table. He kills the guy. And they're in the middle of an Imperial base. Right. And, you know, there's a lot of story that happens after that. Well, and that and actually got to one of my favorite parts after yeah. that is they're kind of escaping. And you got Cara Dune and ming Wan's character as uh, with, with sniper rifles. As the Overwatch. Just Overwatch, just picking people off. And they're, the scene is shot so beautifully because some of it's through scopes. Yeah. Some of it's through overhead shots. Some of it's from first-person point of view. The, the, the directing is unbelievable. Amazing. And they get through this, and they get, obviously, on Slave 1, and uh, they take off the TIE Fighters. You know, oh, then oh, the yeah. best scene when... Bill Burr's like, give me that rifle. Yeah. And he's an Imperial sharpshooter. And he gets uh he actually gets the Mandalorian's rifle. Rifle. Yeah. And just blows the whole place up. 
He shoots one specific pot spot on the top of the building, and it blows the entire building up because that's how the empire is no, designed. He, he spot he he shot those energy cells that the pirates were trying to get onto on that transport ship they rode in on. Oh, the pirates pried it open when they threw the thermal detonator in, so it was still open. On oh, a, you're right. And so it was in like the garage. I didn't notice that. You're right, but I, I thought of it as like. Oh, there's also one specific spot no, that the no. empire has created to blow up the entire facility. No, it actually made perfect sense if you saw it. Yeah, you're right. But also, that's been every Death Star that's ever been created. <laughs> yeah, but that was done on purpose. Right, you're right. Rogue One, Rogue One. Yeah, somebody did something great there. <laughs> Engineers. Anyway, I love that scene. Um, and then you're like, oh, this is incredible. And then the Tie Fighters come out. They're chasing them. Um, he Boba Fett ejects the. Awesome, and that it's an unbelievable looking scene. <laughs> it's so cool, it's so good. Which we've seen uh, Slave One do before yep. in the asteroid field with Jango Fett in Attack of the Clones, right? Correct. Um, I can't remember what those bombs are called, but anyway, um, it's like a proton bomb. I can't remember. Something. I think that in Attack of the Clones, he was actually shooting them though, like he was ejecting them and then shooting them. But I can't. Remember. I don't remember. Um, we didn't get to see the awesome Slave One is. An incredible one of ship. the best ships. I love the like super fast like tracking lasers. Yes. Anyway, and so yeah, that was I mean the end of an unfortunately way too short episode. And we only got one more. They got a. I love the ending of the hologram on the ship. Finally, with uh, the chicken guy, Giancarlo Esposito or whatever his name is, the guy from Breaking Bad, Moff Gideon. Oh yeah, no the. Yeah, with Mandalorian was the hologram. Yeah, he shows up on the hologram, and he's just like, I'm coming for you. Yeah. I'm going to murder you. You have something that is more... Uh, what's he say? He's like, you have something that is uh, more important to me than you will ever know. Yeah. And like, there is but, an actual genuine, I feel like, terror. Yeah, in his face. face. Like, oh, crap. <laughs> But you have to know there has to be another Jedi that is contacted. There's a Jedi coming in this last episode. Yes. There's another Jedi coming in this show, and they're going to help out get Grogu back. I mean, there's only two options here. It's either Luke Skywalker or it's Ezra Bridger. It has to be Ezra Bridger. And it's going to be Ezra Bridger. Yeah, it has to be him. It has to be him. But they have not said that. We don't know anything. And they announced Ahsoka it. Tano and Bo-Katan. And, 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 Bo- Bo- and we know Ahsoka's path, like her looking for uh, Ezra Bridger, Bridger. Yes. Like all of this stuff, we know this. Like it has to play a part coming forward. It may not be this season, though. It may not, because they have at least four seasons of The Mandalorian planned already. All of it's already The planned. Jedi might be at the very end. And we might not even see who it is. Right. So, but it's coming. So and I don't think that, I don't think they'll get Grogu back this season. I don't think so either. Because it's just it has to continue. Be, the threat has been built up too large. Yeah. Right? So, I don't know. I think it's going to be a cliffhanger at season ending. That's fine. I'm ready for it. And then we'll wait another year. <sighs> Damn. So, that's it. Um... But in the meantime, while we're waiting for that year, we're going to get 
I don't know if the so Ahsoka many. is coming out next year. I don't remember what, what the dates were on that. But It was 2021. So it's such a great show. Everybody needs to be watching it. And we have so much to look forward to. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't care about any of this quarantine. It's all coming to my TV. Yeah. Like, I felt really bad about, like, the theaters, like, not being able to go watch movies. I love going to watch movies. You love going to watch movies. And we will get some of that. We'll get that back at some point. But we're getting such good content at home that I, I'm, I, I'm fine staying at home and watching out of my couch. Yep. It's an exciting time to be a Star Wars fan and yeah. a Marvel and fan. And Marvel fan, yeah. So that's it. We're way over time. Um, for Snarf Talk this week, I've been Chris. I am Jerry. See ya. See ya.